Hello, it is Wednesday, December 30th. Big show, dude. Oh, huge show today. New Year's Eve, Eve. Can't wait for you to listen to what we have in store for you today. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, I really appreciate you. <laughs> if you don't, which is possible, just act like it never, ever happened. Ain't that right, Ty? Mm-hmm. Just well, keep moving. Welcome back to Indy, Ty. Hey, appreciate it. Good to be back. Hope your trip to the future in-laws was awesome. Mm-hmm. Great to have you back. You missed an awesome Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, but we kept you in our spirits and conversations. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, it was fun to just watch it as a fan. All right, well, let's get on this damn show, shall we? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Brand new guest, Antonio Holmes, will be joining us in about 22 minutes. He's got uh, some cool things popping off with his charity to fight against sickle cell. Uh, I, I cannot wait to chat with Santonio Holmes has one of the biggest catches in the history of the sport back corner Arizona Cardinals fun fact the man uh that pushed him or tried to push him out of bounds what Santonio just made an incredible play Mr. Francisco was my PP whenever I was punting for the Colts at one point kind of tie the whole world together great man great athlete good dude just so happened to be the closest person to one of the greatest catches in the history of the game by Santonio Holmes to win the Super Bowl we watched it back this morning uh through NFL films that last drive going into that Super Bowl win if you do recall Steelers versus Arizona Cardinals where he makes that corner catch he has four other catches during that drive where he is it's basically in his Twitter account is Tone time. Mm-hmm. That's Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger's a young man. They're down three to Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. They got a minute 56 left at one point. It's third and six. And Ben Roethlisberger was looking for one person, one person alone. And that's San Antonio Holmes. Cannot <laughs> wait to chat with him. There's been a lot going on in his world. Cannot wait to. That's a, my first time I ever talked to him, I think. I do believe. I'm not sure I've ever talked to him. Was he anywhere we've ever been, Foxy? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't I've, think, ever, so. I don't think I've ever talked no. to him. Let's go. This is going to be the first time we interact with each other. Excited to see how it goes. Because if it goes well, normally great conversation. If he, if he hates me or early mm. ah, it's tough it's tough for me to win him over after what happens <laughs> but he's coming on i think they're excited about it and uh i appreciate him so much for that and we have cam hayward coming back another pittsburgh Steeler, obviously defense lineman pro bowl all pro uh one of the hardest hitters in the history of football he's also from the ohio state he um he was on early in the year and then a uh, week after coming on the show he had a jump pick if you do recall oh, yeah. mm-hmm. against the giants where he was flying through the air like a ninja mm-hmm. and they intercepted daniel jones there uh he has been a staple for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steelers have been quite some storylines here both on the field and off the field they clinched the AFC North the uh, Ben Roethlisberger's resting this weekend against Cleveland Browns but the Cleveland Browns got COVID running through their facility right now they're currently shut down how's that game if the Browns lose to Mason Rudolph mm. and the Pittsburgh Steelers that's going to be I think Browns fans are going to have a long offseason because once again their hopes were so high and they even got a chance to experience the highs of an NFL season and then all of a sudden at the very end playing against Mason Rudolph which we've seen him play football mm-hmm. at the NFL. Maybe he'll continue to grow. He's a young quarterback, you know, if you're without live reps, maybe he'll be better, but his football that he's put on tape in the NFL has not been fantastic, and the Browns have had this incredible year. If they lose the Steelers, they're hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you later. That'd be tough. We'll talk to Cam Hayward. Is Cam Hayward playing this weekend, by the way? Oh. I'm not, that's, a, that's like a gotcha question because there is probably some strategy involved in the entire thing. Because when Mike Tomlin said Ben and a few others will be getting a break, I think there was a reason he didn't give out who it was going to be just from a strategy uh, standpoint and maybe a you know competitive advantage standpoint by giving away too much information. I'll be excited to see who all is in and who is out. I was on a team that rested players the last two weeks of the season because we went 14-0 and then week 15 uh, – 
the, the powers that be decided to lose and rest the players. And then week 16, obviously the same thing. The guy started each of those games against the Jets, and then old Curtis Painter came out, and then mm-hmm. three offensive linemen came off the field, Ooh. and a tight end and a wide receiver came off the field. And then on the defense, two pretty pivotal people, they came off the field. Three people came off the field. And then all of a sudden you're looking at the team, and uh, you're like, oh, this is like a preseason game all of a sudden. Yikes. And it's crazy how if you only rest like seven guys or six guys, it can feel like that whenever it's all your star players. Because it's like, oh, I don't, we don't know who any of these players are out here. <laughs> and all of a sudden, is that what's going to happen for the Steelers? We'll ask Cam in a intricate fashion. You know, Ooh, and on, yeah. we'll yep. say, have you guys talked about anybody else that's potentially getting a G-Day on Sunday or anything like that? I'll be excited to see who and how that whole thing works out. But Cam is awesome. Cam is... I feel like probably one of the leaders in that locker room. And that was kind of called into question a little bit. So I'll ask him about that whole thing. And uh, he's remained just an absolute stud on that defensive line. It also has T.J. Watt. They lost Bud Dupree. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there with that team who, by the way, is in the playoffs. Uh, they're the champions of the AFC North. They were the only undefeated team at one point in a couple different weeks. Uh, and then they lost. And then they have not been talked about as a team that could be a threat at all at this point. In the last half of football against the Indianapolis Colts, they looked very good at football again. I want to ask them how they feel about that second half where, you know, they got going. Hey, you guys learned how to play football again. What's yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Hey, what, what, let's, and now, obviously, going against the Browns. But you guys play football again. Can't wait to chat about that. There's also so many scenarios about the AFC playoff picture. And the NFC's got some interesting things going on, too, involving the Bears, the Cardinals, the Rams. I mean, there's a lot of situations that can pop off. I think I have them at this point pretty well off. I think. So if the Bears win against the Packers, yep. which, mm-hmm. by the way, the Packers have a lot to play for. Right. Mm-hmm. Aaron told us yesterday we were playing for a lot this weekend. We would like to lock up home field advantage. Obviously, don't want to have to go to the Saints or Seattle, I guess, or whatever. So if the Bears win, though, then the if the Cardinals beat the Rams – yes. The Bears are in. Uh The Cardinals are in. Rams are out. See ya. Okay. Now Connor is the one agreeing with me. Uh So, and by the way, we did our studying together. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We had a group study session. session. So then, if the Bears lose, uh, Arizona Cardinals and Rams. uh, If Cardinal, if Rams beat Cardinals, Cardinals Bears are in. Yes. No, Rams, Bears are in, Cardinals are out. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot cooking in those games. Now, great, if the Packers beat the Bears, then whoever wins that other game is going in. I mean, there is a lot of situations that can pop off. Packers beat the Bears and Cardinals win, then Cardinals and the Rams are both in. Yeah, because then the Bears are out. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Hey. A lot to play for still. We're in week 17 of an NFL season that nobody thought was going to be able to be completed, and there is a lot on the line going into the final week. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team are Sunday night football because if Washington wins, they're in. That's just a direct, that is a direct, here we go. This is if they win, they're in. But the earlier game, the the Giants and the Cowboys, they're watching that. Whoever wins that game, if the Eagles beat the Washington football team, whoever wins that game is in. The Giants might make it into the game play. <laughs> the New joke. York Giants might make it in there. And I guess uh, there is a 0 in 200 in what? 58. 0 in 258 for teams that start 2 and 7 to make the playoffs. No matter what, whoever comes out of the NFC started 2 and 7. It will officially be the first team ever to start 2 and 7 and make the playoffs. Out of Jeez. 262. Tries. 258 tries. Yeah, but if you count the four from this year. True. Yeah. 262. Yeah, it's the Jeez. first time in 200. Well, I guess it would be one in 261. Yep. Is the way it goes. Incredible.
That's football, baby. Let's go. Anyways, at Boston Connor is here. Mm-hmm. And Ty Schmidt, welcome back in the saddle, cowboy. Hey. Don't be scared to bring out that six shooter today. Hey. Ty Schmidt back from a future in-law trip to Massachusetts mm-hmm. for the holiday. Missed Aaron Rodgers Tuesday yesterday. Mm-hmm. We talked about you, though. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I appreciated it, you know. I mean, and I did. I watched it when I got home late last night. I mean, it was great per usual. Loved it. Would have liked, would have liked to be here, but what are you going to do? Well, there's a lot of conversation spurring from our conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, big time. That's right. By the way, big conversations spur other conversation shows. That's what, that's what we got running around here. Pretty good. Okay? So there's conversations about our conversations. And by the way, that's the whole goal of this whole thing. Yep. Right. That is literally what the whole mm-hmm. goal of thing is to create um, – you know, captivating content mm-hmm. that potentially propels other conversation. Right. Okay? That's what you're potentially looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, when the other conversation is, you know, takes quotes out of context and does things like that, yep. that's kind of a downfall of the whole thing, but it's expected at this point. So sure. it's okay. We just appreciate that something we created is contributing to the world of sports. Mm-hmm. Right? I think yeah. that is something that's true. But every time Aaron speaks, it gets talked about by everybody, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love it. Him saying, I think uh, we've learned by this point that you should not, not bad or not good things happen whenever you mock <laughs> yeah. him out or whatever. What a line by him. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you believe for one second that he didn't see Malcolm Butler do it like he told me? No. I, he a thousand percent <laughs> thought yeah. that. So and too. if not, someone said something to him right when he walked off, and he was like, All right, well, I'm going to go fucking torch his ass the next drive. And, and he did. Hey, by the way, I just. And what if he didn't? What if, he, what if Aaron and that whole team is on those flows that they're just like, oh, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Turn the ball over. Let's go ahead and get back. <laughs> Because what if it does feel like they're all like A.J. Dillon yesterday? Yeah. Super positive, mm-hmm. super upbeat. Uh, Big Bob Tanyan, who has uh, 50 catches, zero drops or something like that, mm-hmm. which I think is the only player in the Whoa. NFL. Pro Bowl snub for sure. Mm-hmm. He just got done doing yoga meditation yep. yesterday. He is in a good spot. Where he almost made a, uh, a nasty Ridiculous. one-handed grab. That mm-hmm. was, he, it wasn't a drop, though, because it was out of his reach. Right. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like that whole team, if you looking from the outside in with conversation, Hey, they're in a great state of mind. You have to be so confident as a Packers owner mm-hmm. going into the playoffs as the Packers prop now they got a big game this weekend. Right. They got to win against mm-hmm. a division rival and a place that Aaron said he loves playing because the fans are so passionate up there, so there's a lot of respect, obviously. But the playoffs of the NFC having to go through Lambeau, you have to feel very good about that. Yeah, huge. And I you you mention it all the time. We always talk about it. I don't think you can understate how much this team loves each other. Like it is very apparent on both sides of the ball how much these guys like each other and enjoy playing together. And yeah, Sunday night, I mean, you know, I mean, I I was, I'll be the first one to say, I was, you know, thinking that the, the defense was going to give up 400 yards to Derrick Henry and they looked great. I mean, if they play like that moving forward, like who's to say the Packers couldn't win the Super Bowl. Hey, who's to say? Who's to say? Not me. We talked about that yesterday when he was talking about something, whenever he was on, Aaron was on the full screen and he was saying he was going on some sort of run. Uh, Gumpy was was sitting here. See, by mm-hmm. the way, shout out Gumpy. Good run, Gumpy. Yeah, Gumpy. 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 Good run at the table, pal. Go, um, I, I looked over and I was like, uh, "They're going to win the Super Bowl." Like, <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a chance they're going to win. This, like for real, they're going to be in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Now, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays is something I believe that will continue. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, I hope so. It would be pretty wild to go on an entire season with a quarterback who wins the MVP and then plays in the Super Bowl, which is what we've been able to do here. This has worked out. 
in a fashion I don't think any of us could have expected whenever Aaron Rodgers Tuesday became in the conversation piece for something that we should pursue. It's been fucking incredible. I am I am so grateful for Aaron's time whenever yeah. he comes on here. Yeah. Legitimately. It's just like he gives us like an hour every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking hour. Because normally people that don't know this, players have, I assume you know this, because you live in a city that has an NFL team. But and maybe you don't listen to radio, though. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Tuesday, usually players have, like, a local radio spot mm-hmm. where they get for, like, 30 minutes or whatever. That's how I started with Bob and Tom. I was supposed to be on there for 30 minutes for a local radio spot with them. It happens everywhere. Tom Brady had one up in Boston. Yep. Remember, the clips would come out yep. of that every single time. And I, Aaron hadn't done one, I don't think, in the last year or two. I, if, but I was uh, my pitch to Aaron... And uh, inevitably, you know, his, his his people were like, hey, you're going to do if you're going to do one, like just why well, not just do an Internet one like that'd be really you'd be helping us out a lot. Like yeah. we'd be very grateful for it. But I think we could have a cool conversation. And Aaron agreeing to do it, I think, has been something that's just fucking awesome. Very, very grateful for his time. Yeah, without question. And I, I mean, even, you know, I, I can't even like process it really. I'm sure this is something in like five to ten years I'll look at and be like, holy shit, that's that was just so wild. But hey, coming in the studio after the season, I wonder. Hey, can't wait. Got to get him his own little crown over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's the MVP. Kings chair. A throne. They need to get him a there throne. There it is. There it is. I think the conversations every week have still surpassed my expectations. Like, it's still – it's been yeah. cooler to, like, sit here. And, I mean, everyone else, obviously, the the amount of people saying, like, oh, I, I love Rodgers now and I've never seen this side of him. I think just everything about it has surpassed my expectations. And, yeah, I mean, who's to say? Why can't the Packers Why go win? Why can't they? Mm-hmm. Why well, can't they do it? The Chiefs, Chiefs have this. Good, they have this ability to just turn on whenever they have mm-hmm. to. But I think the Packers do too. Oh, I yeah. agree. You know, I agree. And the Chiefs, listen, I'm a fan of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I bet on the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. I'm a, I actually make a lot of money if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl yeah, and yeah. happen to play against Tom's Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Bay Q part, now coaching for the damn team. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, didn't expect his brain to be used like that. I thought it was mostly going to be his body, but the big old brain on the guys in there. But if they play, I make a lot. I like those games, though, that they've been playing. It hasn't been like, uh, you know, like, hey, the, you know, like it hasn't been clear cut. Well, because the games in the playoffs where we're all, you know, uh, like just taken back by the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They were down 20 in some of those yeah. games. Uh-huh. So then them going on a run. I think, I think my, uh, my thought of the Chiefs' wins, because of how dominant they were in bursts, is, was wrong whenever I watched their current games. Because they're still doing the same thing, where they're just flipping a switch and deciding they have to win or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they don't cover at all. Like, no. like they, they, never, they never win, but they win. That's all they do. But they don't cover at all. And it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on whether or not I should hold that against them. Because my, my views on what they were and how they were going to win games is different than what they're doing right mm-hmm. now. Or should I just take this for exactly what it is? They just win. And that's the only thing that matters in the NFL is that you just win. Because it's kind of a tough thing there. But it feels like Green Bay and Kansas City are both teams that could just turn it on if they have to. Now, there's been a couple bad games, I think, by mm-hmm. both teams there. But those two feel like the most complete teams at this point. And the Saints, who knows? They could also get hot yeah, as well, yeah. I guess. But inevitably... I mean, if Will you they be ha- able to go? if you have to go through Green Bay, if they if people have to come to Lambeau, I feel very good about the Packers making it to the do Super you think, Bowl. Do you think Aaron's just got like pieces of loosely for hands? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He must, bro. Those balls, like Spider Man. It's just there is zero. 
It doesn't seem like he has a concern for it at all. Mm, nothing changed. Like it's the same exact offense, same exact throws, same exact uh, amount of times we're throwing mm-hmm. it. Pinpoint type, and there's not even a, a a glimmer of like, oh, that's difficult. He said it was like probably top three, top five snows or yeah, whatever he's yeah. ever played in. And he's played in a lot of snowy games. And he just, yeah, whatever. And he just has those long johns on mm-hmm. underneath. And then he's got the, I think that's probably the Nike performance yep. or whatever. But he definitely has long johns on mm-hmm. here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. And, oh, yeah. and With, the wide receivers. The wide receivers, too, they didn't seem phased by it at all. Devontae. Didn't drop a thing. Not even drop a thing. How about his feet? Yeah. Because his routes are, are like uh, Aaron talked about in 2015 or 14. Mm-hmm. He said he realized that Devontae ran really good routes. And then he's been able to transform his body into what he is from 225 down to 210. And mm-hmm. now he's become, Aaron said yesterday, a Hall of Famer, basically, is what yeah. Aaron said. And uh, greatest player he's ever played with alongside Char- Charles Woodson. So, mm-hmm. I mean, those, he his routes were still just, <laughs> just yeah. so clean. And I, I don't think that's something... I mean, I'm no wide receiver, okay? I mean, I have great fucking hands. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. every time I went on the field, I had to catch the ball, okay? Mm-hmm. That doesn't get talked about ever. I had one drop in my career, all right? How about that? One drop. I would assume thousands and thousands. Probably just over a thousand if I had to guess. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not even a thousand. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really play. But I, I, had to college go, days. I could catch a rock, mm-hmm. okay? I could. Very good at it. I practiced it, drugs machine work, because whenever I was holding for Adam Vinatieri, I didn't want to fuck that up. Yeah. Okay, like I, okay. I'm not ruining this guy's thing. So it was just like uh, something I really worked on. And if you get really good at something, it, it kind of becomes something you enjoy, like Oculus boxing. Ooh. Oh, I'm fucking going. All right. But I couldn't run the routes and get, like the. If you're running full speed, one of the biggest things that great wide receivers can do is the cut on a dime thing. Mm-hmm. But people think that just happens and people naturally do that. No, no, no. Like they, they break their toes in practice, yeah. like going through reps so that they can cut faster than anybody else, faster than the corner who has to react to that thing. And by the way, corners are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that is an ability that the great route runners, people always say, oh, they run great routes. And everybody's like, oh, that must mean that they care about whatever more. And it's like, no, no, not to. They can fucking cut and just create a little bit of separation. And as soon as you create a little bit of separation, especially if you get a guy like Aaron or a great quarterback, that's wide open in the NFL, basically. And when Devontae was cutting on that snow, it was seemed as if he was on like fucking just turf. Yep. It was unbelievable watching it. I'm like, are his cleats better? Or is it just his balance of his body over his over his skis is a little mm-hmm. bit better. And I don't know what it is, but I think that's something you work your ass off on. Oh, like yeah. you watch these wide receivers do like these drills and you mm-hmm. watch those footwork drills that they do in the off season mm-hmm. with like that footwork king guy. Some videos yep. come out. I'm like, holy fuck. The agility ladder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to myself like, oh, should I ever do that? Well, I would never ever do any of those moves. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they do like the, they do like a round in a circle and then they flip to another circle, chopping mm-hmm. their feet. It's insane to watch. And I'm like, yeah, I'll never do that or be able to do that. So there's a reason. But Devontae has that ability in the snow. Other wide receivers, other corners, D linemen. It feels like any potential like explosive position, they slip a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers somehow, some way, they're just like, nah. Don't matter. Used to playing on it. We're moments away from chit-chatting with D-Tackle and Pro Bowler uh, Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Can't wait to chat to him, man. He uh, chat with him. He 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 is a dump truck when he hits people. Oh yeah. yeah. There was the end of the game last year or last week against the Indianapolis Colts where Phil Rivers was trying to skirt skirt out of the uh, out of the pocket there, and uh, Cam got his uh, his mitts on him, mm-hmm. and 
I was surprised to see Phil Rivers get up because Cam had his head, which I think is potentially one of the biggest in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Big brain. Right in the middle of his sternum, and it was just a massive shot. Mm -hmm. And we talked to a couple other players in the league who said the the hardest they've ever been hit was by Cam Hayward. So this guy brings the lumber, obviously, and is a very, very good football player. He'll be joining us here in a few moments, I believe. Wednesday, work day for the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Who knows whenever we'll get a chance to chat with him, but can't wait about it. Um, A lot of things to talk about in today's world. Uh, Bill Belichick on Sam Darnold. He doesn't think he could get any better coaching than where he's at. Everybody thinks that Adam Gase is going to go to the New England Patriots. Dwayne Haskins cleared waivers. Panthers allegedly interested. Now, are the Panthers interested because Ron Rivera cut him? Ooh. This is a revenge shining. Interesting. After the Panthers beat the... Football team, too. Which caused him to potentially get cut. Yeah. Now, the Panthers, Matt Rule, I would assume he's not. By the way, there's a college coach who made transition. Seems to be going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Seems to be going very well, by the way, down there in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater, P.J. Walker, do they want to add Dwayne Haskins into that quarterback room? Do they think they could potentially bring out the full potential of Dwayne Haskins? I hope somebody gives him an opportunity to do so. But Ron Rivera is very appreciated, I think, around the NFL circles in if – I assume people are calling Ron Rivera, asking him what his thoughts are on Dwayne Haskins. I'm not 100% sure he's given glowing reviews, I would assume. Yeah, it doesn't sound Why like would it. He? So I don't, I don't know how we hope old Dewey Haskins, by the way, gets another opportunity. Oh, he's yeah. young. Seemed like he had, he had some promise with the way he could sling the rock. Last year, he looked like he was going to be able to potentially lead the Washington football team into new times whenever that ship was sinking fast and there was a fire all around him. Coaches were fired. Yeah. Exposés were coming out. Presidents were fired. I mean, the whole thing happened. And then, obviously, he's at the adult ballet after a loss. And then there's a bunch of other stories happen. Mm-hmm. Then he loses. Ron Rivera cuts him. And it just hopefully he'll be able to get it all together. Yeah. Let's pivot back to our guest. Thanks for joining us so much, ladies and gentlemen. Four-time Pro Bowler of the Pittsburgh Steelers. A man who hits like a dump truck. D-tackle. Cam Hayward. Hey, thanks for making this happen, man. I know Wednesday's a work day. We appreciate the hell out of you. Yeah. Anything for you? No, that's not true. Remember, you caught that interception, then you couldn't come on the show because you were too big time. Oh, yeah. No, I was not too big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying uh, to make yeah. it happen. No, yeah. remember, remember, you made that ninja. Mm-hmm. You made that ninja pick awesome. on Monday Night Football, and then you just you Get had that no leg t- up there again. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, a lot has happened since then. Since we've got a chance to talk to you, congrats yes. on another Pro Bowl, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank Woo! you. Well, well deserved. I thought you killed Phil Rivers there at the end of the game last week. Happy you didn't. Okay, that's good news because last year you killed Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You just made a play. Uh, you guys secured the AFC North. Congratulations in yeah. there. Thank you. Um, happy to hear everything's going well. Hope your Christmas was great. Happy New Year. Let's get to it. The the noise outside of your locker room has been so loud, Cam. I don't know if you guys know this because obviously in the world that we're in, everybody's a lot more connected than they used to be with their phones and everything. The conversations outside this locker room the last four weeks, three weeks, have been so loud. Has it creeped in? Have you guys had to have conversations about the way things are going? Has it changed any way you do anything? Because you're one of the leaders of the squad. Has there been anything that has potentially leaked in? Or why do you think there was potentially that little bit of a speed bump in the middle of the season after winning 11 straight? Man, uh, you know, we play football. We went 11-0. We lost some games. But, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and – make a big deal about it. You know, you play football, you're going to lose. And um, hopefully we got it all out of our system. Um, you know, uh, for everything that's going been going on loud around us, it's been pretty chill here. You know, uh, 
we just got the AFC uh, North Championship. And so now we get back to the business and just keep focusing. That's awesome to hear, by the way. And I expected that because NFL locker rooms, it's hard enough to win football games, let alone when you have to deal with all the bullshit happening outside of it. That's good yeah. to hear. That's second half of the game against the Colts. You guys look like the first 10 weeks. And there's a lot of conversation, or first 11 weeks, there's a lot of conversation happening that you guys were forced to that week four bye week. Then there was a game where you had three different game days, which is mentally exhausting. Now, you're an NFL player. You get to do that. It's a kid's game, so you know that. But if you talk, <laughs> if you talk about the human aspect of this thing, do you think there was a little bit of exhaustion maybe? And did, and did you guys get a second wind almost like after things start going? Because there's always that rookie wall you hear about. But I think the entire team could have potentially went through it this year with that early bye week. Yeah, you know, I think – you know, as NFL players, you never want to make an excuse because you're looked at as, as weak when you do that. But, you know, we definitely had our fair, fair share of different circumstances. Um, you know, whether it's playing three games in like 15 days or so, so be it. But, uh, you know, we took our lumps. Hopefully everybody's well rested. We got a chance to, you know, um, you know, rest some guys, hopefully. But, uh, you know, we got to make it work during the playoffs. You guys are... Old Tomlin's keeping it very close to the vest on who's going to be playing. You know, he said Ben and some others. You know what I mean? And, and they may be – they may some others. He said some others will be resting. And I was on a team that rested players at the end of the, the season. And I'm, right. I'm obviously punter, last person needs to know anything. But whenever I saw who came off the field, I remember sitting on the sideline being like, Oh, do we even have like I don't even know who that guy is? Like, because when, whenever you take out, whenever you take out like five, six star players all of a sudden off of a team, it looks like an entirely different team. Have you guys even been told yet who's potentially going to get off? Probably not, right? At this point, no, no. Yeah. That's the coach. He doesn't tell us. He doesn't want anybody to relax. So, you know, he may have said something about Ben, but. It's basically like screw everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it'd be awesome. You like you know walking out there for warm ups, you're stretching or whatever, and Tomlin walks over and goes, "Hey buddy, you got one quarter tonight." You're like, yes, <laughs> my man. Would you? Bro, if he does that preseason stuff, I'm I'm be hot. <laughs> I'm be hot. No, I need to know at least before the game. Like we're not gonna be doing that. We're doing walkthroughs, and then you you finally tell me, yeah, you only got a quarter. I'm going to be too turned up for that. That is like <laughs> that is preseason. I, I've been next to a couple guys who have been told how many series they're going to get, and it's just like a hey, it's like almost like Christmas. Hey, hey, you got two, <laughs> you got two series today. Let's make them good. Two? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You got it. And then as soon as the coach walks away, he's like, "Fucking two series? I can, I can, I can sleepwalk through two series. Let's go." This is the type of thing going into the playoffs. What is the focus you think for your team? You guys lost, but hey, Bud Dupree was a big loss, by the way. That was something that's going to be very difficult. Also, Devin Bush, you got Spokane, the man who brings the the the, the big ass neck. His neck might be the biggest I've ever seen. You guys have had some injuries, but that defense has remained stout. What's the mindset yeah. going into the playoffs? Man, we just got to get rocking, man. Um, you know, I know it has been perfect, but we feel like we have the team to do it. You know, the defense. Uh, you know. We've had our hiccups and we've had guys get injured, but we feel like we've had guys um, that, you know, were able to plug in and step up. A guy like Alex Highsmith stepping up for Bud Dupree. You know, Spillane, you mentioned, then getting Avery Williamson to play as well for uh, Devin Bush. Um, but we're going to need everybody. And then our offense, you know, they just got to get clicking at the right time. And, you know, I think that last half really showed what we can be. 
but we got to do that during the playoffs. TJ Watt is visiting from another planet, says Mike Tomlin, who continues yes. to have the most underrated press conferences of all time. Mike Tomlin <laughs> is always good for one or two great ones. Mm-hmm. Us sucking is just off the top of my head. Uh, we do not care. That's another one. And then yesterday, TJ Watt is visiting from another planet with a very straight face. He delivered that. But the D-line is the thing that has set the tone for that team, for your team. The D-line is with the conversation piece. Obviously, Minka makes plays in the back, and you got uh, you got other great players. But everybody talks about that D-line yourself. TJ, uh, to it, to it, to it, you get it. The, 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 the entire crew, the entire crew over there. Is it? Do you guys know that? Like, hey, we got to get to the quarterback, and we have to set the tone for this entire squad? Yeah, it's a front five. We know we got the goods. You know, we, we feel like when we go to the game, we control the game. And, uh, you know, we like to feel like if we create an atmosphere um, where we're dominating, everybody feeds off of that. And, you know, having a guy like TJ and Tuit and Alu, you know, those guys get the job done. Um, they're vets. Um, they're proven. And, you know, they're salivating for the playoffs. Man, it's been a while since we've been in the playoffs. And these guys know we got to get the job done this year. So whenever you're hitting somebody, you're trying to kill them? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It looks like it, by the way. It does look like Because you're such a massive man. But it's not like you're – you know, D-tackles back in the day used to be awesome. I, I mean, I think nose tackle, D-tackle back in the day, you think Casey Hampton, if you're a Steelers fan, who used to just be awesome. Like, it was talked about how he's built. But you are just this stout individual who is just murdering other individuals. I mean, it is a very impressive thing to watch you operate, sir. Well, shoot, it's not just me. Shoot, it's me and to it. And, you know, we think we're the we're the top two bookends in the league, and, you know, we like to throw our body around. Yeah, you do that on top of Colts quarterbacks. Do it to somebody. <laughs> not just Colts quarterbacks. No, yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, you do. Nick, what do you got? Uh, speaking about other guys on the defense, we saw Mike Hilton was named AFC Defense Player of the Week, one of the undersized guys on the team, plays corner, Mike. but plays like a linebacker. What's it like for you guys when you see him flying around out there getting after the quarterback? He, he, you know, he he's our he's our our little linebacker, but uh, that dude he comes flying down. Um, he's a hell of a playmaker, you know, and uh, he's going to get paid this offseason. Yeah, definitely going to get paid. Uh, also, Bud Dupree probably. There's a couple guys that are going to be on, uh, you know, scholarships. Uh, big scholarships. Yeah, Brink's I mean, trucks. Yeah, there's going to be Brink's trucks backed <laughs> up to a couple different places. Uh, what is who? You know, obviously. Mike Tomlin's a defensive guy, uh, was whenever he got to the Steelers. He's a head coach now, so he's in the administrative role uh, as a head coach, which has so many things come across your desk that you can't expect. But is he hands-on with the defense at all? Does he talk in defensive meetings? Yeah, he does. Every single week he's hands-on, huh? Yes, yes. On the field, off the field. You know, Mike T loves talking defense. You know, I know he's a head coach, but he has his fingerprints all over this defense. And, um you know, that's the one thing about having a defensive-minded coach. You know, he knows where everybody's supposed to be lined up. And when you're not lined up or you do poorly, he's going to let everybody know because he's a defensive-minded coach. Do you think that's interesting? Because Sean McVay, that offense does well. Head coach Sean McVay, offensive guru. Matt LaFleur, right. head coach, offensive guru. You go Cliff Kingsbury. You go through everybody. But a defensive guy who is coaching the defense as well, you never hear it talked about. You never, ever hear it talked about. No, I think the defense-minded coaches are a little bit more petty. 
Um, and, you know, I, even when he, he's talking to the media, he's talking to us. So, you know, I think they have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulders when they talk. Do you have any explanation on why you guys struggled today? Us uh, sucking? That was not to the media. That was to your team. Yeah. That was to the yeah. locker room. Yes. Hands down. Imagine he walks into the team meeting next month. Don't know if you guys heard a press conference, but I meant every fucking word I said. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Ty, what do you have? Cam, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about uh, if you don't, you only get like uh, a quarter or something about being too jacked up before the game. Have you had to do anything different this year to kind of like get ready to go with no fans or at this point in the season, is it just business as usual? Man, I think the big thing has been you got to be your own the, your own cheerleaders for the team, right? And so like when the offense is on the field, it's not like you're just sitting back being the defense on the on the, um on the coolers or anything like you got to be involved and you got to be cheering them on. They feed off that energy too. So, you know, I think it's vice versa. Like offense is there for the defense. Defense is there for the offense. Um, it, it's weird in that approach, you know, during the middle of the season, we had like a couple of fans so you could get like excited with them. But like, man, it's literally me talking to a security guard um, <laughs> halfway through the game. <laughs> He better have a good energy, though. That security yeah, uh-huh, guard that's right. that security guard has no idea what he's providing. You know, not just security yes. here, too. I guess if any – nobody – Rogue fan. Charges the – what's the, what the hell are the yellow coats going to do? <laughs> what are they out there for? To motivate. That's what they're doing. Did you, guys, did you guys lose juice in the middle of the season? The fan – like, I felt like – because, for instance, you watch the Packers – mm-hmm. they, they're celebrating hard. That whole team is celebrating oh, yeah. hard. There's, there's – whenever you guys were winning – whole team was celebrating hard. I feel like there is a direct correlation to the enthusiasm of a team to what's happening kind of behind closed doors and what happens on the field as well. When you talk about creating your own juice, is it sometimes hard to remember like, oh, I have to be a cheerleader as well? Because it's not a normal thing, by the way. Normally D-line sits down, you're going through the film, offense is on the field. It's not as loud anyways, normally quiet at home. But if a big play happens, it's almost like a part of it this year where you have to, like you have to like let your guy know like, hey, that was a good play. Yeah, you know, I think in them, the momentum swings, you know, I think early on you could hear Indy, they, they were, you know, juiced up, you know, they were celebrating, you know, they had some big plays. Um, and that can always be demoralizing if you don't handle it the right way. So, you know, when we got our big plays, we were right there back, backing our guys up. And, you know, we were trying to put the nail in the coffin once we got them. What changed at halftime there? What was it? I don't know what changed at halftime, um, but, you know, they got the ball first. We gave up three, um, and we were driving as an offense, and we didn't score, but we were moving the ball, and they got the ball at like the one or two because we went for on fourth, and we didn't get it. But we got to stop real quick. Offense came back, scored, and you could just feel the momentum just keep building after that, and uh, we just rode the wave. Was there any thought that, okay, this is what it felt like for 11 – like? Because I think as Steelers fans and as somebody that has watched every single game, that second half watching it, it was like, okay, this is the team. Like, Ben was opening it up. Defense was humming around. You saw TJ try to kick the fucking sky cam at one point. I mean, there was like a – there. it felt like it was like, oh, my God, like they found it again. It's almost like they – and is that momentum? Is it mental? What is it you think? I, I just think, you know, I think we got to a point where it was like, all right, 13 is not anything. We can still come back from that. Then it was 10. And let's just keep running it down. We're like, all right, three points ain't nothing. We can still get this down. So once you start getting in that mode, and I feel like everybody starts, you know, thinking we just got to keep this rolling, keep it rolling. And then it's like, okay, we won the game. Let's keep doing it from here on out. 
Connor? Uh, yeah, Cam. Obviously, you know, Ben sitting out and a couple other guys might have shorter days, but is there a little bit of an extra buzz around the locker room because you guys can actually keep the Browns out of the playoffs or is it just kind of business as usual or same game? Man, um, we would love to knock out every single team, but you know, <laughs> I think the, the, the mindset is, you know, let's just take care of business. You know, it doesn't matter who's out there. You know, let's just get the job done. Hey, if Mason gets hit in the head with his helmet again, how do we react? What do we do? Ask us how we'll react. But <laughs> you know, if he gets hit in the head, we're, we're going to handle that. Then what, what I don't a, think it's going to get to that point. You know, I think everybody's learned from this situation, and we're going to move forward. Hey, great answer. I was joking there. But, <laughs> but, your, but your answer, by the way, could have got you in a gotcha moment. Oh, yeah. So I apologize for putting you in that situation there. Yeah. I, I apologize. That's on me, man. What do you got the rest of the day? Have you guys already practiced? Already practiced. How'd you Just do? Relax, take care of the kids, watch some film, get to work. Pretty good day of practice. You feel like you performed well out there? Uh, could be better. Got to keep improving. You, we don't we don't play on Wednesdays, right? I got to be ready for Sunday. Ooh, maybe. Like we don't know. <laughs> you know, we don't know how much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? I like hearing that you're still thinking you're playing on Sunday, though. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that you do not know. Thank you for that. Well, the whole internet, everybody <laughs> wants me to get out of you whether or not you're playing because if, if you're not playing, by the way, then we could probably assume a couple others that aren't playing. Uh-huh. But I genuinely believe that you do not know yet. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, if you do, good luck. If not, enjoy the G-Day, my friend. And we can't thank, thank you, you enough for joining us. Have a great Wednesday, boss. You too, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, four-time Pro Bowler, D-Tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cam Hayley. Yeah! Thank you, Cam. I genuinely think he doesn't know yet. Yeah, no idea. Because I think what he said there told us a lot about Tomlin potentially, you know. I bet you Tomlin's even potentially talking shit to some guys. Like, hey, you got a full day on. (laughs) Hey, you got a full day on Sunday. Oh, come on. Hey, full day on Sunday. Like, you know, I think that is probably how it's going. And then maybe Saturday night, the last team meeting or last Zoom call, they'll probably tell him. Let him know. Yeah, you got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, when I saw – because – I've said this numerous times today, but it's going to happen for the Steelers potentially this weekend. Whenever you see them go for like one series, two series, and then you just you you don't recognize a single person on the team. Basically, you're like, holy shit, this Where's is the 97? whole the whole team is out. It's like, no, only eight guys, but it's like those eight guys are the most the guys the team. Those yeah. are the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Doc Hodge is rushing the quarterback. Now. <laughs> yeah, what the hell's going on? Fucking like Curtis Painter, dude. He got thrown in there. He might as well have been dropped into the Everglades coming off that plane. Over. Did he know at least? I think the night before he was probably told that it was going to happen, but there's no way he knew that like three offensive linemen were going. Yeah. Like, it was His best weapons were going, too. <laughs> throwing to nobody. For me, you know. You got to kick the ball either way. Well, that, well, I just I thought I should have. It's the same reaction I had, you know, whenever I found out that Peyton wasn't going to play a whole season is – Somebody should have told me a little bit earlier, I would have been in a little bit better shape. (laughs) You know what I mean? I had to use training camp to get in shape real quick. I thought we were just going to not punt again, you know. Then all of a sudden, I'm like eight punts away from breaking the NFL record for Mm -hmm. most punts in a season. And I didn't know that until a couple weeks before the season, whenever I was summoned down in the training room and I saw Peyton with 15 wires attached to him. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, hey, pal, can you grab that over man? I want to show you something. (laughs) Don't show me damn thing. Let's talk about. Show me throwing you the ball. What's going on? (laughs) Oh yeah, I, I might be, I might be down for a little bit. Well, I just got off. Of, 
I just got off a cruise where I drank literally 75 margaritas. We're not a, I'm probably going to be doing a little bit more work, it feels like. You mean like a week or two yeah. you're going to be down, right? Not like a season or two. Then you hear Bill Polian's calling Carrie Collins out of a hunting stand, a deer stand. Jeez, I'm like, I need to start running some sprints. <laughs> yeah, better start kicking the ball. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously you know uh there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel we worked that out that's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other but even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. This now, he's a man who played in the NFL for nine years. He has an incredible foundation called the Third and Long, I believe, or the Third and Long Foundation, I think, which is raising awareness about sickle cell disease. He has one of the greatest catches in the history of the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, Santonio Holmes. What's up, dude? Dude, that was a great introduction, man. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? You deserve it, by the way. You had a hell of a run there, and your foundation sounds awesome. I'm just now learning about it, so that's 100% on me. Uh, but I'd like to learn a little bit more. You guys have something big going on this weekend, right? Oh, absolutely, man. We're always trying to do something uh, different, you know, in the community and um, you know, stay a part of uh, the people and uh, how the changing trend is in uh, social media. So uh, we started the Third and Long uh, Foundation Steelers Charity Battle. On uh, rivalsmedia.com, you can go in and check that out, um, and you know play play against me, you know uh, to to help me raise money for uh, Third and Long Foundation and the fight against uh, the sickle cell disease. For those of us that don't know a lot about the sickle cell disease, what is it, Santone, and why did you get uh, drawn to this type of cause? Uh, sickle cell disease is a is a blood disorder um, where the oxygen is uh, depleted in and most patients, um, like myself being a sickle cell trait carrier and my son being a um, you know, full, uh, full carrier of sickle cell disease, uh, it, it makes it hard for, for me to, to breathe in certain elements. Um, if I'm out in the sun too long, if I'm uh, running for too long, uh, I have to take you know, short breaks and to just really you know, watch how uh, my body overheats but for my son, when he goes out and performs basketball or uh, running events, uh, he has to take hour-long breaks. And those hour-long breaks has to occur because his blood cells aren't getting enough oxygen uh, uh, to, to the right areas. And therefore, his blood cells 
become sickle shape. Hmm. Uh, they go from being full, full, full blood cells to being uh, uh, sickle shape now. And when you when you go through that, you start to experience you know excruciating pains throughout the body, and they they just cause you to, to have breakdowns, and they're uncontrollable. Um, they cause blood transfusions. Uh, man, um, lungs collapse. Um, so just what, having to deal with these these things for so many years is um, is something that I just want to battle um, for the people that that suffer this disease, just like me. Yeah, I'm pumped. You're battling it as well. I'm just I, I was trying to think about if I had to do that, how th- that has to change some lives a little bit. Your kid, the hour long breaks. Is the research towards like is there medicine for this? Is there a cure for this at this point, or what are you what are we trying to do here? It, oh man, I definitely wish there was a cure. Um, you know, I'd be jumping for joy at this moment in time uh, if we could find a cure uh, for sickle cell disease. But there have been a ton of studies um, out there uh, and research being done, which is why I'm continuing the fight to raise awareness for the companies that don't get to get, get boasted or, or uh, talked about in their fight for the ongoing um, you know, help for uh, survival in the sickle cell world. Hey, Kyle. That's awesome, dude. Hey, and we hope that we Thank just you. we we hope we just spread some love or the word a little bit there. I'm looking into it more. Uh, CFO Phil will be making a donation to your foundation here today. We appreciate you for joining us, man. And I hope you lose to everybody this weekend in the thing, so more people sign up and enjoy it. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk about you playing football a little bit. Um, can I call you Tone? By the way, hey, Tone Tone works perfect for me right now. What's happening? Tone is a great name, by the way. I wish my name was Tone. We have a Tone in the office. Mm-hmm. It is a um, envious of the name. Let's get with it. Tone. Did you? Oh, let's see. Okay. Okay. Hold on. All right. Now, now, we're, now we're talking distinction between the tone and the tone. No, people now we're know. Talking tone. We're talking tone time here. All right. <laughs> you're, you're talking a guy that's named Tone. You know that's cool, but we're talking tone time. There's a difference between those two tones. All right. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Uh, tone diehard Steelers fan is going to love getting shit on by tone time right there. That was, that was amazing. That was amazing. Shout out to tone, by the way, T's and P's, bud. We're T's proud. and P's. T's and P's. T's and P's tone. <laughs> uh, st- speaking of Steelers fans, did you know immediately upon making that catch in the corner of the end zone 12 years ago that you would be talking about it for 12 years? Did you know as soon as you felt both toes tap, which, by the way, the play before, you had your feet in as well, the toe, tra- the toe drag out of you is, is next level. Did you know as soon as you caught that, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be talked about probably for the next 100 years. Was it like that, or were you just kind of dialed in? For the most part. It was just another game that we had to just continue to just focus because no matter what happened, we had to do our job until the end of the clock. And when that catch happened in the back of the end zone, all I could do was just thank God (laughs) because years before I had witnessed what happened to our Pittsburgh Steelers in the 95 Super Bowl versus Dallas Cowboys. And I can remember as a little kid, you know, telling myself that, if I get a chance to play in the Super Bowl, that this cannot happen to me. And God made that possible for me to be right where he planned me to be. So when that catch happened, that I was able to do something that was going to be remembered for a lifetime. 
And that was one of my goals as a kid was to play the game so that I could always be remembered. Um, if I never go down in the Hall of Fame as one of the great receivers that, you know, had 600-plus catches or, you know, 10,000-plus yards, um, when you walk inside of uh, Canton, Ohio, into the, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, that number 10 jersey will read uh, Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, last name, Holmes, on the back. And uh, next will be Super Bowl MVP. So with that being said, uh, you know, I'm very grateful and thankful that the Lord gave me that opportunity to to be in a place that the world can continue to talk about this forever. Yeah. That I didn't just bring the world to me like I brought the world to my feet. And oh, I think uh, hey. the way God was planted, you know, on the cross. And, um, you know, I don't want to continue to drag this on um, about God, but in my likeliness to this, that the way his feet were planted on that cross and the way I finished with my feet planted in that moment in time, it solidified my faith and my gift that was given to me that if I'd been the struggle that he had died for everyone, that what I would do would change and make a difference for everybody that believed in what they're seeing today. Damn. And so that's a true testament of who God was and what he has given me the strength and ability to do, which was to put the world at notice that this was something that will be remembered forever, just like he was. Okay, Tom! Tom! Are you a, are you a preacher? <laughs> yeah, you're preaching a little bit. Believer, bro. Hey, it was awesome. It was awesome. Okay, um, Tone. Whenever you see something like what's going on with Dwayne Haskins, right? And whenever you were in the NFL, there you. By the way, I I was a distraction for my team at one point. Got arrested. You got arrested for something. Now that if it happened, it would be absolutely nothing. But at the time, it inevitably led to your trade. But what was your mindset? through that entire process. Like Dwayne Haskins right now, I think he has a chance to turn his whole life around, right, at this moment. He can. He just separated from his agent. There's a lot of shit, not that he got arrested or anything, but there's a lot of shit being said behind closed doors. He can kind of, what was your mindset whenever you had to kind of move along from the Steelers to the Jets after that situation? I know it didn't happen immediately, but it happened afterwards there. What was your mindset to kind of get back on the, on the right track of everything? That was definitely tough. Um, one of the things I did was I prayed you know, to be, put myself in a better position, um, know that I caused all the actions that have transpired in my career and up until that point, that I can't put the blame on anyone but myself. And for the decision that was made by the Pittsburgh Steelers, I had to live with that. Um, had I made better decisions and choices um, living on my own at, the, at, at such a young age, um, I'm, I'm in a better place, you know, today. Uh, probably you know, retiring a Steeler, but playing 12, 15 years as a Steeler. Um, but God had a different plan, and he allowed, you know, me to be where I'm at. And I continue to believe that once I got into this better place, that no matter what, I was going to make the best decisions and the best choices uh, and live with the consequences at that point. And once I became a New York Jet, uh, I, I dedicated my, my time and my passion to becoming a true football player, and a, uh, a helper, a mentor to the young receivers, and a, and a great teammate. And it definitely showed, you know, up until that point until I uh, was released from, uh, from New York. But once Haskins um, has been put in this position in his career right now, um, all he can do is just be thankful for the team that gives him another opportunity and um, just go out and, 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 and put those things behind. But understand that you make every choice 
every decision and you have to live with every consequence at the end of the day. It's a great message, Tone. Great message. What are you doing now? Do you coach? Do you run camps? What do you have going on now, Tone? Uh, foundation, just giving back, trying to find ways to teach and educate young individuals about the resources that they have available uh, in their community and um, just educate them on networking opportunities and building relationships with their community leaders uh, for, for their future. Learning to, to, to build a network around yourself and your peers uh, that you are around every day and, you know, just continue to motivate them and, and keep them um, keep them safe. You ever hit the jugs machine? How the hands? Hands still good? No, mm-hmm. no. Still got it. Did you see that? Re- did you did you not see that Reebok commercial that I did? No. What you did? Come on, guys. You guys got to get up today. No, that's, right. Hold on. That's that's on me. I should have seen it. Is it how long ago was it filmed? This was after the Super Bowl. That's so long. Can you still? You still got? We still got the hands. Still got it. Okay. I didn't know. Still got it. I didn't know. As long as the photos and the videos are gonna be up there, best believe that Tone Time still got it. Tone Time. Are there any guys today that you see playing at wide receiver that you really wish you could have lined up with, and you think you'd be a good duo with? Oh my God, guys that I could line up with today. Um. One thing I would say, the style of play today has definitely elevated to more pass-heavy uh, offensive settings these days. Um, I played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and all we did was run the football uh, <laughs> as much as we could <laughs> by having two, three, four different backs, you know, at a time. Um, I had to share the load, you know, with Heinz Ward and Heath Miller and Nate Washington. Um, we had a great trio, and those guys that I got a chance to play with, man, they taught me some of the greatest lessons that I've learned today in, 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 in moving forward and being a great receiver. Um, if I could line up with uh, anyone today, I would definitely want to play with uh, DK Metcalf uh, as, one of my, um, as one of my outside receivers. Um, I like Stephon Diggs, and um, I've taken uh, Michael Thomas. Oh, and um, I would love to just see how D-Hop you know, just how he practices every day. So you guys are going why five he, why wide. He's so good, you know, at catching the football the way he does. So, so you, if I could line up with those uh, five guys, you know, I think I'd be pretty good. You're going five wide there. Who's throwing the ball? <laughs> Who's throwing the ball if you had to pick? Oh, my goodness. Who's throwing the ball? Uh, Right now, today, man. Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. We know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was going to say it had to be A-Rod, you know, and the fact that he's – um. Yeah. He's so gifted at spreading the football around to a ton of receivers, you know, throughout the season. Um, you know, he picks his main guy, but he sticks with him. But all the other guys are coming on and off, and they're making plays. Uh, but I would, I would never, never, never not take the stairway to heaven, number seven, Big Ben. <laughs> he is by far one of the greatest gifts uh, to the sport, you know, that I have been a part of. And his development and his skill set – his ability to get out and, and perform on game day and understand that that the game has to be played, you know, for four quarters. And he definitely loves to get everybody involved, which explains why I didn't have very many catches uh, you know, once I played for the Steelers. Um, but I still love him for that because um, he, he was able to win Super Bowls for it. And um, I'm definitely thankful and grateful for that. Yeah, he's different Ben, older, mature Ben now at this point too. Uh, Nick Morata, what do you want? Big, big Steelers fan here coming. 
Santo, you okay. kind of just touched on what I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask about your relationship with Ben because we've seen a lot of things in recent years about maybe some issues with teammates, the, the drama and the situation with Antonio Brown. And I want to know what your relationship was like with him on and off the field. Um, my first years in the league, we were both young. Um, we were both trying to figure out where we stood. Ben was coming off a Super Bowl, then coming off a car accident. And, you know, trying to gather the team back together and then the situations that were happening, you know, transpired between he and I, you know, off the field. The relationship that we had on the field, that we trusted each other, we understood where we needed to be and how to perform it. And I think because he and I never had any issues, me one thing uh, in the game, which, which which allowed him to just be himself and have fun in the process because, like I said before, he understood how to spread the ball around with, with all of his receivers and putting them in the right place to make the right plays at the right time. I think you just went through a tunnel over there, but we uh, we heard the great message you spent loud and clear. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, okay. it, no, 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 you're all, yeah, we heard you were great there. We just, we, a little bit of a breakup in the middle there. We thought you went through a tunnel we saw in the background there. Happy you're all right, though, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> what type of car you got over there? Tone time. I'm actually pulling up at the, at the airport, man. Where are you going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Back to the freezing cold in Ohio. Mm. Where are you at now? You're I've, done, I've done my due diligence here in South Florida, uh, handing out toys and gifts to the kids in the community. Good guy. Uh, with the Ten Island Foundation, um, thanks to uh, United Healthcare and uh, U.S. Sugar for making the donation of um, fifteen thousand dollars and helping me uh, raise money for the for the needy and just give the kids an opportunity to see, you know, what it's like to enjoy Christmas, uh, uh, you know, from uh, from people that care about them and, and want to see that the entire community uh, does well. That's awesome, Tone. I bet you that was pretty fulfilling. You love the, the fulfillment, huh, of the philanthropy? Dude, when I was a young kid, no one ever gave us anything, and I never really asked for anything as a kid. But my goal was to just make sure I gave back to uh, to the community because uh, it's, it's just my way of paying it forward. And I think that message from from God allowed me to to be in this position and to be able to say that this is what I know I can do, you know, regardless of what anyone else thinks. I'm going to be be the guy that helps and, and give back to the community. Where'd you grow up at? Where I grew up at, yeah. Bell Glade, Florida. Oh, really? Right here in South Florida. I, did, sir, I didn't Fred know Taylor, you. Redell Anthony, uh, Johnny Rutledge, um, man, uh, Ray McDonald. Uh, Travis Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, uh, oh my God, the list goes on. Uh, Clive Wolford, uh, oh. Santonio Thomas, um, Jesse Hester, uh, Louis Oliver, Robert Newkirk. Uh, oh my God. So the, what the you guys list, do? You just played football. You guys just play, did. You guys just play football. Like, it, why? Why is it just a hotbed for incredible football players down there in South Florida? I honestly think because there's nothing else for us to do here. And when I say there's nothing else for us to do here, uh, we chase rabbits. Um, we live in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the Everglades. And when they told us how easy it was to earn a scholarship and that our parents didn't have to pay for it if we played football or we played in a sport, why not take advantage of learning something at a young age 
and 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 going out and fulfilling that. But hold at the on. same time, hold on, it hold becomes on. a profession. Tone, tone, time. I've heard this story about you guys chasing rabbits down there. Not a one of y'all motherfuckers have ever caught the rabbit, right? That, that, is, that, is, <laughs> that is, I've heard this story because this was, I think ESPN did a documentary. Like there was a documentary on this, I think. And then yeah. I'd always heard it in locker rooms too, because guys come from there like, Oh, they chase, they chase rabbits down there. I'm like, what does that mean? They chase rabbits. You guys like, it's like a, this is a legit thing. And people catch the rabbit down there. Check this. You and your crew. Come down here and meet me in South Florida. We ain't catching and I no. Take you, and I take you out to the to the to the cane fields where we chased our rabbits at. And I teach you a thing or two. You know what I'm saying? To see if you really got some skills. I don't though. <laughs> John, I don't think I'm catching any rabbit. That's why whenever I heard that you guys were potentially catching rabbits, I was. They, there are highly trained canines yeah. that can't mm-hmm. catch rabbits. There, when I heard this, I was that's four legs, by the way. That yeah. seems to be a little bit quicker if you had to be. I, I when I heard that you guys were actually catching rabbits, though, no way, dude. Okay, so we we learned the skill, um, you know, throughout our uh, childhood by going out with our with my grandparents. Uh, obviously, my grandpa used to take me and my uncles, uh, you know, out hunting. So he would sometimes sit in the car, hang out the window with his twenty-two rifle, you know, shoot him, pick him off. We'd go out and pick him up. But then there were times that when they were actually burning the cane fields, then we were actually going out in the cane fields. And now we got to hunt the rabbits with our dogs and with our cane stick, with our cane poles. Oh, so what we did, we took, a, we took a cane stalk, broke it down, let's say about, about two and a half feet. And that's what we carried around. So what we would do is walk along the ditch banks, the canals. And as the rabbits would scurry away from the fire, they are trying to get somewhere close that they could stay nearby, but far enough that someone can't see them. So we learned that, hey, if we hunt down the ditch banks, that we're going to get something scattering out of here sooner or later. So we would send the dog to walk up and down the ditch on the side where we couldn't walk as humans. And we would stand on top. And as they would come up out of the out of the bushes, we would either jump on them, we would chase them in the field, throwing our sticks after them, uh, depending on what type they were. If they were cottontail rabbits, uh, nine times out of ten, you're probably not going to catch them <laughs> too fast. I don't care what kind of skill you got, you know. But uh, those ones were worth a little bit more uh, if you caught one of those because of the severity of, of chasing them down and trying to catch them, one of them out of the many that come out of the field. Hey, Peter Cottontail ran a 4-1, dude. (laughs) He ran a 4-1 laser, not even hand time. Uh We're talking laser time. He ran a 4-1. Absolutely. So you guys are in the middle of the Everglades down there? So we've uh, I fly down to Florida every once in a while for work or whatever, Mm -hmm. and we'll fly over, and it'll just be uh, pitch black, you know, for it seems like ever. And then you look down and you think to yourself – Okay, there's like uh, pythons in there, mm-hmm. and uh, there's alligators in there, and who knows how many more things that could kill you. If your plane was to go down here, this is probably worst place imaginable if oh, your plane yeah. had to go down. <laughs> and then you'll see like a cabin somewhere just out in the middle with a light on. It's like, what the hell does that person do for their entire life there? So you're, so you guys just got gators walking through the neighborhood. Like, is it is is it is that what I'm think is is that your Absolutely. life? Absolutely. One hundred percent. You should be running for gator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny story um, about me and alligators. Um, I had just, uh, I think, I was in my senior year 
of high school and um I had took my grandma's car out to visit my my son's mom who was uh, actually pregnant at the time. So I was going to go spend the night with them. So I drove over and as I'm driving back home to drop the car off, drop my grandma's car off, this big eight, nine foot gator comes right outside on the street. And when I say on the street, he's blocking the traffic light. You're not going this way at all. Here we go. So Steve I'm driving up, you know, I'm trying to get him out the road and driving up closer and closer to the, with the car. And you can just see him just snapping at the car, just snapping at the car. And he wouldn't move. He would not move out of the road. And so I had to back my car up and drive around in order you to got get bullied. around this gator. <laughs> yeah, you oh, got yeah, bullied. I got, I got, got bullied. Yeah, yeah. That's going to happen, though, man. I think that's going to happen whenever you're living amongst the alligators. I think you're potentially going to lose every once in a while. Hey, Tone Time, I appreciate your time. Safe travels back to Ohio. It is cold as hell up here. Dude, man, thank you guys so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Shout out to the Third and Long Foundation, uh, all of my supporters, uh, the team. You know, you guys have been doing such a great job in, uh, you know, helping uh, raise money and awareness for sickle cell. Uh, to our new our new team, the Ten All In Foundation. Um, thank you guys for for helping with these donations to make a difference and um, dedicating to changing lives in these uh, at risk communities. Nice, yeah. San Antonio Holmes. Thank you. Yeah. Man. Hey, what's up, man? What's up with Canada, dude? I thought you guys were supposed to be nice. A lot of bad things were said about me from Canadians on Twitter yesterday because of the Chris Stefolsky conversation. I've warned you about it, Pat. I have warned you. Hey, I thought I was putting that guy over pretty good. He's my new favorite football player. Now, it turns out he's probably not playing this weekend, which is an absolute bummer not only for me, but all football fans and especially Arizona Cardinals fans because Kyler Murray has been cleared to practice after potentially being out this weekend in a must-win game against the Los Angeles Rams to get into the playoffs. He had a lower leg injury. He was questionable. Their new starter was a guy who won the goddamn Grey Cup just a couple months ago for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers named Chris Strevler, the uh-huh. leveler. But whenever I saw his goddamn Twitter avi at C. Strevy, I'm like, well, that's Strafolsky to me. Yeah. <laughs> the Blue Bombers Twitter page actually retweeted your tweet and called him Strafolsky. Okay, so tell the rest of you <laughs> yeah. Canadians, get yeah. off my ass. Relax, all right? <laughs> Trying to grow the game for you. Hey, it, and by the way, C. Strevy, big fan still. Yeah. <laughs> Dude Long. has an eight-pack. Mm-hmm. White guy with an eight-pack out there. Not easy to do. No. In all of his highlights, he's just running people over. Yeah. Him and Cliff Kingsbury would have been a fun little duo. Yeah. Well, him and McDaniels in New England next year will be just as good. <laughs> Bring him up. Put the C on him. Him and Adam Gase, you mean. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill Belichick has come out and said that he doesn't think Sam Darnold could have been receiving any better coaching than he is right now at the New York Jets. This comes just days after rumors have been speculated that Adam Gase uh, will be the next quarterback coach for the New England Patriots. And Chris Johnson allegedly told uh, Adam Gase in the building in a conversation that he would no longer be the New York Jets coach after this weekend so look for a lot of maybe look for their special teams to score Ooh, yeah you know what i mean if, if, if you got a lame duck coach probably gonna go out there not that he hasn't already done this i mean the defense coordinator kind of went into business for himself and called a cover zero blitz <laughs> in the last play of the game basically hail mary situation which ultimately led to them losing to the raiders and the raiders last game looking like a good football team really so yep. Look for a lot of wild shit out of the Jets mm-hmm. potentially this week. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, let's go. Special teams touchdown, probably a good bet for the Jets this week. Well, and also Gase is probably want to unload the chamber across the field from Belichick, let him know, hey, look, I still got it. Hey. I-, I can come over there next year and help you guys out. 
So that's basically a done deal, everybody's saying, huh? Yeah, I can't Adam wait. Gase is going to be a quarterback coach for the New England Patriots next year. I'm fired up for it. The only guy. How, though? Is- how, 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 how? 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 What is. How? So Peyton Manning got this guy out of the gig, right? There now it Bill is. Belichick's like best coach and Sam Darnold could have is yeah. from the guy he has right now, which, by the way, is that shitting on Josh McDaniels? Whoa. No, he probably said outside of this building mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Adam Gase is going to be a New England Patriot coach next year. Yeah. Like everybody's saying. Good for Adam Gase. Is that like a coach rehab thing, like almost like Alabama did? Oh, yeah. Might be a coach you know rehab I mean? thing. I think Bill Bill's hearing everything that everybody's saying about him not being a good coach. He's saying, you know what? I'll bring in every coach that you guys think fucking sucks, and I'll go out there and I'll put a team out there that wins and goes to the playoffs. And Adam Gase, you said it. Peyton Manning thinks he's good. <laughs> fucking bring him in. I love the guy then. Well, you know, the interesting thing about your idea – of Bill Belichick saying, if you guys think I'm a bad coach, I'm going to hire every bad coach and I'm going to win with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. He tried to do that with players. Uh-huh. You know, he said, I'm going to play very bad players. It almost worked. But it didn't. I mean, six and nine right now, you look at the season, we could easily be nine and six playing for a playoff spot. It couldn't be. It could also be Owen. Owen could, yeah, we could be Owen 15. That's why it's so incredible we got six of them. You know Cam Newton throwing for five touchdowns this year. Yeah. <laughs> Ten picks. So 2,400 yards passing. Cam. I feel so bad for Cam. I do too. I, man, those workout videos, dude. Mm-hmm. He was oh, grinding. God. He's Bro. still waking up at 4.20 every morning. By the way, shout out 4.20. Him waking up 4.20 a.m. Alahas. Okay, so he sleeps in his outfits, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whatever. 4.30. Done sip coffee till 8. We thought maybe that was a little bit of a problem. You should start sipping coffee maybe earlier. Yeah. Sure. Because maybe you're watching film with a little bit more diligence. Yeah. yeah. A little bit more awake. But that's probably round four there where he hits the 8 a.m. He's like, this is when I need it or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I just hope Cam Newton gets another chance somewhere and Cam Newton is Cam Newton again. But I'm feeling like that's potentially not going to happen. Yeah, it may be over. I, I still genuinely do think that he should stay in New England for another year and see what, what Adam Gase can do for him. Why? Why, why, why would you want that? Because all that you hear why about Why would him, he want that? Oh, I was going to say, but does he have any options? Like, yeah. is a team going to c- no. c- pick up Cam? No. Like, he's done, isn't well, he? Well, the normal thing is if you get cut from the Patriots, you get signed somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just how it's been for the last 20 years. You you rarely see somebody go through the waivers if they're cut from the New England Patriots because everybody in the NFL is like, well, not everybody, but... 17, 18 teams are like, well, Bill Belichick liked the guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and we'll sign him for whatever. You know, we only got to keep him up for three weeks. We'll do it if he works out, it doesn't work out. And we'll try to get some information from him about what goes on in yeah. New England. I don't know if Cam, I hope he does. Hey, I hope he does because I like to live in the nostalgia a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, Aaron talked about this yesterday whenever he was referring to the Star Wars episodes 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is there yeah. episodes 1, 2, and 3? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. They made them after 4, 5, 6. Prequel series, of if course. you will. Uh-huh. Of course. And then 7, 8, 9 are the most recent, of course. Of course. So they started Star Wars episode 4. Yeah. Yes. And was that the first Star Wars movie? Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, the fuck? You guys were and like, yeah, this is this is good? Nah, George Lucas, you know? That's yeah. his thing. Weapon. I mean, he created a whole world. You know, you got to respect it. By the way, pretty genius now that I think about it, that you start at 4. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. if this hits, we can obviously go as high as we want. We got a lot of numbers there. Yep. But also thinking ahead here, we can also take this on bitch back and we can even go BC here. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. It'd be whatever. They could go negative two, negative one, zero. What's so that? he started out, made four, five, six, then later on made one, two, three. Then he sold everything to Disney for millions upon millions, maybe billions. I can't remember the exact price. And I would assume it's hundreds of hundreds millions. Of yeah, millions. I would Close assume. to billions, uh-huh. I believe. You still get money off him, of course. What's he do now? Chills. 
Jills. He might he consults from time to time. Thinks about you. He runs like a special effects, just like a studio, pretty much a bunch of movies used now. Yeah. Uh, we've we've tried to make a movie with special effects. That guy's making a lot of money if he's running a special effects. Oh show. yeah, they are expensive. <laughs> Ready yes, in. But anyways, nostalgia. I like to live in nostalgia. When mm-hmm. Cam Newton was playing. It was so much fun to watch. I got a chance to see it from the sideline when we played against him. It was so awesome. It was a show. It was a goddamn show. Yeah. It's like, here we go. And I thought, chip on the shoulder, he's going to go there. For whatever reason, it didn't work out in New England. Whatever. I mean, maybe he's got a little hitch, maybe, is what people think. Maybe he didn't get dropped into that offense with not a lot of time to prepare for it is tough because there was 20 years of the same thing, and then yeah. all of a sudden a new quarterback comes in. Maybe that was it. But it, it, it does not look like there's going to be a lot of opportunities potentially, especially with how many quarterbacks are going to be up. And yeah, there's right. There's a lot of quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the market coming up. That's why I think you just bring him back for a million and you have him be a mentor. Like, although his play on the field hasn't been great, every like the way he responds to adversity, the way he carries his business, that's been like the best part about him. So why not just have him be there for another year, especially if we're looking at a possible 10-year run where we're not a great football team. Why not have him there for a year to have somebody learn under him? What's he going to do with the money? You think he's going to sell out like he said he did? In what sense? Bill Belichick said for the last five years, oh, we sold yeah. out. And there's a lot of people wondering where, where mm-hmm. did you sell out to? Because you didn't. I don't think there was a single highest paid guy. Maybe DBs a couple times, uh, but aside from that, where do you think they spend their money? Because the Patriots have a lot of cap. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a lot of cap. Plenty. Where are they going to spend their money to build their team? I'll be intrigued to see what Bill Belichick does. We're going to get a chance to watch Bill Belichick build a team. Yeah. And we maybe didn't appreciate this 20 years ago watching mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. We're going to get a chance to watch here, and I think Bill knows that. Although he is going to be solidified as the greatest coach of all time, what he does with this one is going to be talked about just as much. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hoping, you know, obviously you probably have to let one of the two linemen go between David Andrews and Joe Tooney because Tooney got the franchise tag and he wants a big extension. So you might as well let him go. He wa- that guy wants a big extension. He deserves it. <laughs> this guy. Hey, hey, That's he what you just said. That you, you made it sound like this guy was some selfish <laughs> No, prick. no, no. He deserves it, but he wants a big extension, and that's just we're never going to pay someone that much. Like you just said, did we pay anyone during those Super Bowl runs that was, you know, top in the league i don't think so i think you got to bring in a wide receiver give yeah. cam one real weapon edelman was out for half the year and once cam got COVID, the whole season flipped on its head i think you get him someone like alan robinson maybe kenny galladay because you know the lions oh, aren't going to no. bring him back because he's oh, no, actually no. good at hey, football great transition actually i appreciate that i'm excited to see if bill belichick goes with your method of rebuilding mm-hmm. i think it'd be smart by the way but i'm excited to see how he spends the money this will be Something that every other team, if it works, will be like, we just got to do a build it. Remember building? <laughs> yeah. 2021. Got invest in this, invest in this, and then everything else will blossom or whatever. And also, a good way to win for like 20 years is have your quarterback just like take, take pay, no money. Take yeah. pay cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Players would yeah. take pay cuts for the chance to win a Super Bowl, though. Not to play on a team that's six and nine, right? Well, the well, interesting Brady really the interesting thing is everybody was uh, ring chasing this year down to Tampa yeah. or to mm-hmm. Kansas City. Yep. So there's like new places where people are ring chasing. Forever it was there going to New England. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm older. I'll take a pay cut. I'll come up here. Is New England still that place? Mm-hmm. Is the Bill Belichick mystique still there? Yeah. Talking about the Lions though, when we were talking about God Day, yeah, now, yeah. they're always going to stink. Are they the team that's interested in P.J. Fleck being an extra coach? Yeah, I hope so. Do not stir this pot, please. Can I see the tweet that is announcing P.J. Fleck as a possible uh, Tom Pelissero, the arrow? A handful of college coaches are drawing interest for NFL head coaching jobs. And here's an interesting one. Minnesota's P.J. Fleck. Row the boat. I'm told at least one team wants to interview Fleck Forty, who's one of the only current FBS head coaches to both play and coach in the NFL. I didn't know he was coaching. If it was he like a wide receiver's assistant or something I like think that. So, yeah, yeah. And the play as well. I mean, well, he pl- he was in he was in locker rooms. Yeah, he had a ten yard punt return. 
And that is his stat. <laughs> hey, he stood back here. Mm-hmm. That's hey, right. He stood back That's here right. uh-huh. with probably like seven, eight guys. Yep. Sprinting in his face. Mm-hmm. He was in a locker room. He was in team meetings. Okay, he'd been to training camp. I'd practice, assume yeah. he was in practice squads. I'd assume he he got a chance to experience the NFL existence. Now, was he at the top of the NFL? No, but he was there. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to where? Central Michigan. Yes. West, was it Western? Western. Western, Western, Western. Michigan. Yeah. And I the the way I learned about this dude was a video. He was trying to start a a new. Um, like thing at Western Michigan, which was every third down, we're going to do the guitar and we're going to go bang, bang, bang. Ooh. And he did the video. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That's how I saw the video. All right. And I was in, I forget what year. I think Chandler Harnish was on our team because he knew PJ somehow. Mm-hmm. He knew him well. And the video, I saw it and I like, I was like, who is this guy, he's electric. Who is it? And they're like, I, I think somebody said Chandler knows him. And so I guess I'm like, is this what is this guy? Like, tell me about this man right here who's doing this. Head coach at a college football team, basically saying, Hey, we don't have any traditions, okay? Like, you know, some places have the cowbell or the keys for the kickoff or a chant or anything like that. And Western Michigan, we ain't got a damn thing. So he's he said, Listen, I'm gonna take it upon myself, I'm gonna film myself, I'm gonna create this tradition. And he even told them what they're gonna do, okay? And then they're gonna do the whole thing. And it was like it by the way, they did it. He started winning yeah. the environment got awesome and i was like this guy is electric <laughs> so then he moves obviously over to the minnesota gig we get a chance to kind of kind of meet him a little bit have him on the show and it's like every time you talk to him he's just like getting you ready to run through a brick wall and then you see and hear about the recruiting stories behind the thing and all the speeches and the way he speaks and the way he does it and you're like holy shit like you could see how a parent would want their kid to go here like hey we're trying to be boom elite we're trying to have a uh, necton mentality necton uh-huh. mentality farmers alliance farmers alliance because we know that our neighbors Farm is just as important as our farm right. because if hey, the whole thing, the, the, his mm-hmm. his pillars basically of Minnesota football, and you're like, yeah, you could see how if you're a parent, you'd want your kid to go to this school. And by the way, Minnesota for the first time in what forever top five hosting college game day. I was having them in the college uh, football playoff just because love the people in Minnesota. Love the people over there. This year they kind of tapered off, and now his name's up for NFL gigs, and it's like, would that work in the NFL? I think we've had a chance to like listen to AJ Hawk talk a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. I feel mm-hmm. like we've had a lot of NFL guys on the show at this point, and you've kind of got a chance to learn, I think, about how NFL players potentially sometimes act as opposed to what they always say in interviews. Mm-hmm. Do you think P.J. Fleck would operate well in the NFL? And if, if I'm saying the answer, it would have to be a young team. Okay, it can't be. It wouldn't have to be a. It can't be a veteran-led team. Which, by the way, veteran-led teams normally don't have coaching opportunities open unless it's Houston already has a quarterback and JJ Watt there. So it's probably not Houston. Let's assume that mm-hmm. it would have to be a young team that you're looking to build and buy in and flip the culture. And for me, I think that's probably the Detroit Lions. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> Stafford's on his way. Executive. There's a there's a rumor out there that executives, league executives, think that Stafford's going to end up with the Colts. Uh-huh. Fucking hey, man. Here we go. Congratulations. Yeah. Like Thank that. God. There was rumors about that potentially happening in years past, by mm-hmm. the way, and who knows if those then never came through or whatever. But you get that, you get Stafford out of there, and then you rebuild that thing, and you got a guy who already has ties to Michigan. Look yep. him up there. Yeah. Already got ties to Michigan up mm-hmm. there. You bring in, uh, you know, you bring in a goddamn boat, put it in the middle of the locker room, <laughs> yep. and you tell him, boys, you either get on the boat or you fucking die out here with the water. <laughs> Oh, no. to you. We do not want this guy. Oh, 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 oh
Ravens fans up there. What do you mean we? You Steelers yeah. fan? We got to get Robert Salah from San Francisco. All right, he's actually from Michigan. He was a Lions fan growing up, so he knows how miserable we are. Also, Michigan State guy. Perfect fit. We got to hire him. Okay. So you're saying, but PJ Fleck is getting head coaching oh, yeah. looks, I guess, or yeah. maybe his agent is saying that he's getting head coaching looks because he wants to maybe move to the NFL. <laughs> Nobody knows how that works. And I'm not saying PJ's telling his agent to say that. His agent might just be saying that behind the scenes, you know, that's how that whole thing works. But I'll be intrigued to see how PJ Fleck operates. Not a lot of college coaches have made the transition into the NFL. College coaches control every single minute of their players' lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's there's still some freedom, and we found them, and I got a chance to revisit a lot of those memories and stuff like that. But basically, year-round, this is when they're working out, okay? This is when they're doing classes. This is when their lunches. This is when practices. This is when study hall is. This is when this thing is. And if they don't do it, by the way, they won't play. They have to listen to everything I say. I am the gatekeeper to everything, uh, including if we pull their scholarship and somebody asks me how he is back. It's a whole different level of control than whenever in the NFL, you know, you're dealing with adults. Now, Obviously, rookies and young guys make mistakes like me, but on that team, you have 30-plus-year-old men there now who have been around the NFL a long time, and the ability to adjust talking to young adults to grown men is something I think some people that are in a position of power can't always easily transition into. Pete Carroll was able to work in both, uh, but there is a litany of college coaches that have not worked out in the NFL. Uh, Urban Meyer is allegedly heading Mm -hmm. down to Jacksonville, potentially. Which Trevor Lawrence going down there uh-huh. mm-hmm. seems like uh, Shad Khan will do whatever for your team to win if you want. Yeah. He'll buy whatever. He'll do whatever. Feels like he is all in. Which, by the way, good for Urban if he was able to control the entire thing. I don't know who would be general manager. How that whole thing would work? Would Urban Meyer be able to transition into the NFL? I assume Urban, who's considered one of the greatest coaches of all time, mm-hmm. uh, probably wants to see if he can make the transition into the NFL. I don't know how players feel who played for Urban Meyer. I don't think I've ever asked. No clue. Okay, Lovin. I mean, do they? I don't know. I don't know. I've never really heard one of his players coming out and bashing him. Me neither. And he's coached a lot of guys in oh, the yeah. league. Yeah, so I'd be excited to see if Urban Meyer could work. Yeah, It's like I, I wonder if uh, the cons down there would ask Trevor in this whole thing, mm-hmm. do you know Urban Meyer, do you hate Urban Meyer, or do they even care what Trevor Lawrence thinks and says, hey, this is how this is going to go, because Trevor's going to be their franchise for the next five years at least, if you think about it. It'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. I'm kind of worried about Urban's health, though. Don't you think the stress yeah, of the NFL would kind of get to him? Well, the thing about it is... Perfect excuse. He does. What was that? Ah, it's a perfect baked-in excuse. Oh, they stink. Oh, Jesus, my heart! And then he can just, you know, sail off into the sunset. That's what I'm saying. The opinions of Ty do not reflect that of his employer, even though his employer did put out a tweet one time that... <laughs> <laughs> Well, something to think about. But we do hope he is healthy at this point. For sure. Healthy enough to get back into coaching. If he Mm -hmm. is, to get back into coaching. But would it work in the NFL? I don't know. I'll be intrigued to see if it does. A lot of guys, it's tough to do that. It is tough to go from college to the NFL. Because you got to remember, coach-to-player relationship is a big deal. And if you talk to college kids in a certain way, Okay, they're still be, they're still forming. I feel like not not even close to being adults yet. And you control 
any success that they potentially have yeah. immediately upon them stepping on there. In the NFL, whenever you speak to people, respect or whatever, it's just a little bit different. So if you're a good communicator, probably not a problem at all. But if you have a way of doing things, I'm not 100% sure if you decide not to change it at all, it'll work in the NFL unless you have the perfect group of people there. And it's not always as easy as just going out and recruiting whoever you think is going to be able to get in there because you have to actually pay people and pick people and things like that. Well, and you know him. I mean, do you think P.J. Fleck would be a good NFL head coach? Because it, it seems like his playbook is kind of, right, oh, well, well. come in, I got the, the fucking big suitcase full of snake oil. It oh, runs wow. out. I leave, go somewhere else. Guess what? Snake oil tastes pretty good. Well, well. The reason why Ty is saying this, by the way, is because if you go to Minnesota mm-hmm. and you ask one question, who hates Iowa? The entire place screams, we, we hate, hate Iowa. Iowa. Okay? So Ty maybe has a little bit of a different outlook on the Minnesota head coach. At the oh, yeah. Is that is that I any mean, part of it? I also don't think I'm wrong. I mean, the guy's a snake oil salesman. We all, we all know it. They stink one year, and then all of a sudden, you know, the boat's sinking. I mean, I don't know. If you go into an NFL locker room and you basically say, hey, you got to buy into rowing the boat or get out of town, and you got a guy who's a seven-year you know, NFL veteran, multi-time pro bowler, you think he's going to just be like, okay, yeah, I'll hop into PJ's boat. He's going to say, you know what, pal, what if I want to smack you in the mouth right now? Then, then what do we do? Then what happens? I heard that almost happened with Petrino down there at the Falcons. Oh, is that See? right? I heard there was a, almost a, <laughs> hey, why don't you shut the fuck up moment. They weren't allowed to speak on the, uh, they weren't allowed to speak while traveling, oh. while eating down there. Hmm. Okay, these are rules, by the way, that happen in college. Like, hey, no talking at meal, pregame meal or whatever, you know? And it's like, hey, coach, like, if your asshole's tight, doesn't mean mine has to be, okay? If I want to chit-chat with the boys here over some dinner rolls, chat. why don't you get up? It's like, what? They want people to be focused in, no talking, because they're trying to mold people's habits at that point in, in college. In the NFL, you got guys who've been doing something a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, they've been very successful at it, by the way. That's why they're in the NFL. And sometimes it's that little bullshit that just, if mm-hmm. they can't change it for whatever, maybe it's too much pride or something like that. Diving at people's legs during the spike, that, <laughs> yeah. that might. Well, and what? Hiding behind poles and seeing if people are smiling. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> you know, seeing who's upset. There's such a long list of failed college coaches in the yeah, NFL. Mm-hmm. Great coaches, too. Great coaches. Saban. And by the way, they go back to college, they're good because yeah. they know how to coach, right? I um, Last year, I called uh, the Egg Bowl uh-huh. alongside Adam Amin, Molly McGrath, and uh, Matt Hasselbeck. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Down there in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Okay? Ended guy, dog pee, personal foul, missed extra points, mm-hmm. mayhem. It's electric. I got a chance to talk to Rich Rodriguez, though, who was my college coach for the first time, basically, since he was my college coach and he left to go to Michigan. And during the conference call the week of, you know, everybody on our side of the call knew that, okay, this is going to be a moment here where Pat and Rich talk to each other. (laughs) Rich Rod and I had a very interesting relationship, okay? I was the punter, kicker, and kickoff guy, and I was rather good at all of them. Not great, but rather good at all of them. Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. But boy, I had a good time while doing it. I rode the coattails of a lot of people, missed a couple kicks, made a lot. Those never get talked about. All-time leading scorer, go fuck yourself. Everybody that bashes only talks about two kicks. But he he and I had an interesting relationship. Every, um, we had a gong show at the end of training camp Mm -hmm. where, you know, it was like a celebration. And the freshmen would have to put together skits and things. And the gong show back in the day, they tried to bring her back with Mike Myers dressed up as a thing. If you're bad, there's like a siren and a boo and get the fuck off. So a couple of the coaches had air horns in the back and their skits were playing. And it was just like a a culmination of team camaraderie thing. I hosted it every year. Mm. Okay. And uh, 
the way it ended was me doing a Rich Rod impression every single year. Nice. And it was a highlight of his greatest hits from the rest of the entire year <laughs> of the things that he would say because he was one of the best talkers, uh, shit talkers of all time. And if he, the way he could lace words together that were not supposed to go together but make it sound incredibly mean and like right to your soul, you couldn't help but respect. Yeah. He's like one of those guys, like The Rock, Back to when he had to there. When The Rock was a heel, which is a bad guy in wrestling, people loved him because he was so good at it. Like mm -hmm. He literally said, shut up, bitch, to somebody that was loving it. But the way he delivered it, everybody loved it so much. Rich Rodriguez was like that. But it was with your friends and your teammates and potentially you at times whenever you fucked up. So whenever you're on the receiving end of it, not great. But whenever he would say to somebody else, when we were away from practice at the house or something, we would run it back and everybody's like, that guy, like how did he, like you know what I mean? It was, it was one of those things. We won a lot of games with Rich Rodriguez. He is a guy who changed college football and never gets credit for it for his offensive thing and everything like that. So whenever he ends up at Michigan, we knew it wasn't going to work in Michigan. Yeah, There was no way it was going to work in Michigan. Just, just because we had been to practice with him and workouts with him and meetings with him. And we, we were kids that didn't have other just scholarships sitting on deck at West Virginia. Options. Like mm -hmm. yeah. Michigan kids all got options. Yeah. And whenever Rich went up there, it was like, knew that there probably wasn't the same type of grit in that locker room or guys that are just like, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that happened. And, you know, he ends, he never really gets fired, goes to Arizona. Some things happen. And then he, he off the field, some, some things happen and, and come to light, which we all learned about as it was happening mm -hmm. as well. And then he disappeared for a little bit. And then he came back to coach and be offense coordinator at Ole Miss. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot had happened since the last time he and I talked <laughs> yeah. and Hasselback was very excited for me and Adam and Molly, everybody was very excited for me to talk to him. So I talk to him, you know, and I go, uh, I go, Coach, how you doing? He goes, hey, well, Pat, I was excited to talk to you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I bet, Coach, you know, I bet. I said, um, I said, are you the same guy, the same coach now that you were at West Virginia? Or did you have to change, you know, from at Michigan, did you have to change? Or at Arizona, did you have to change? Or anything like that? And he, he gave me this answer. He goes, he goes, you know, Pat, whenever I was away from the game, I, I tried to become a better better man, better husband, better father, better everything. And I tried to become a better coach. And, you know, I read up on some things, and I, I, I decided I was going to change some things. And then as soon as I got back on, with a whistle pat, I, I realized I only know one way. <laughs> I laughed so hard because it was like such a genuine, real answer from him. And I think that's what happens with a lot of these college coaches. Like, hey, I am successful in this way of coaching. This is how I do it. Mm -hmm. And in the NFL, that's not always going to translate. Although I do believe an NFL locker room would – if they were winning, would enjoy the shit out of Rich Rodriguez as a head coach. Mm -hmm. You're talking just like hilar hilarious dude. Like absolutely. Whenever I do impressions of him, whenever I get into it, like literally anybody that's played for him just heard that and they had uh, the moments go back. The Ole Miss kids, whenever I went to the game last, uh, a guy named Dusty who's been with Rich Rod for a long time. He's the video guy. Great guy. Funny guy, good guy. He comes up to me and goes, these kids love whenever you do Rich Rod impressions. <laughs> and then I'll meet somebody who played for him at Arizona, and they're like, hey, saw your Rich Rod impression, absolutely love it. And then kids in Michigan, like, hey, what you do about Rich Rod? And then obviously my boys, and I was like, you should have been at those gong shows. I'd go seven, ten minutes straight just being Rich Rod, <laughs> and it was electric. But I, there's a guy that I don't know if it would work. It would have to be with the right team. Like yeah. with PJ, I think it would have to be with the right team. But how, do you know if it's the right team or not? Because if 
if it's not the right team, the first two, three years are going to be terrible. Right. You know, and as you're going to hear a lot of shit come out, uh, the players, uh, the, he lost the locker room mm -hmm. and all oh, this shit. You're going to hear about it because it's just two different styles of communicating with humans because the humans are two different stages of their lives and have been through a lot of different shit. And some guys, I only know one way I realized it was <laughs> so funny, man. Just the thought of him trying to be like, okay, now when you take your three steps, just kind of look it out there and just hum it out there. And the guy goes and he misses and he, you, all right, all right. <laughs> like that, like I, I was, that's such a niche group of humans that only played with Rich Rodriguez there that got that. But it's such a great reference because the PJ Fleck thing, we don't know what he's like on a day to day. No. I have no idea what he's like on a day to day. Mm -mm. Do you have any idea what Chip Kelly was like? Because Chip, I feel like, wasn't the guy that was chewing people out, but he went in, GM, coach, didn't work. Super science guy. Oh, okay. So they were pissing every morning to check their hydration levels, and then their hydration levels were being told to the rest of the team on how much they care. And he came in and innovated a lot of the nutrition shit around the NFL. So some of the Chip Kelly stuff that came from Oregon to Philadelphia lingered its way around the NFL, yeah. you know? Nutritionists, I, I think the NFLPA and the NFL agreed that they have to have a nutritionist and as that science came. But he was the guy that really brought it into the NFL. And that's why their teams were so good early because I think they were in better shape than everybody because they were they were just like that Oregon team there for a while. I remember when LaShawn was playing there, they were just running play. Like it was just mm -hmm. like boom, boom, boom. Everybody was like, is he going to be able to do what he did Oregon in the NFL? And then you start hearing about the behind the scenes stuff where I think he's a cool dude. Yeah. I, I'm not 100% I'm not sure, but all the science shit that the guys had to do, the, the P, I think there was a lot of things that were like, it's different. And they would do a full like the day before the game, normally people do walkthrough. I think the Eagles ran practices, which other teams are doing now because science says actually a day before peak performance, you should actually do some explosive exercises as mm -hmm. opposed to just walking around. There's, there's like all these things. So Chip brought a lot of that in yeah. there. But his teams could never – it felt like late they couldn't keep up Perform, yeah. because they, their bodies, I think they had been through so much. They're so that, worn out by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, like early, I think a lot of the people were – who are outside the NFL were talking about like how good the teams look and how good, oh, this is going to be the offensive future, which it kind of kind of has, but it's not as hurry up. I mean, there's a lot of hurry up situations, but they were going at like a mock speed at Oregon back then. Oh, yeah. Um, but a lot of people in the NFL were like, let's see week 13, week 14, mm -hmm. because it's a lot longer than a college football season. And you got a little older bodies too. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Chip Kelly loved his time in the NFL or hated it. I don't know. But I got a chance to talk to him a couple times. He was cool, didn't me. Yeah. Very cool guy. And for PJ Fluck, he's had a down year, but Kingsbury, you know, he had his last year at Texas Tech, they were like six and seven. And then he went to the NFL the next year. Hey, and they lost the Texas shootout. <laughs> yeah. It's a Baylor. Come on. How much do you think him coaching Mahomes had to do with him getting an NFL job? Uh, I think his offensive style more so than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, maybe Patrick Mahomes helps a lot because yeah. he coached him and everything like that. But I think his style of offense was getting hot. Remember, because mm -hmm. the McVay thing was getting yep. hot. So Cliff Kingsbury was the young offensive mind. Uh, which, by the way, I think, I don't know with Kyler. Nobody knows why the Kyler thing is. Why is Kyler hit or miss so much? It's actually one of the questions from Twitter that we'll do in the third hour there. Because we had the, one of the questions from Twitter is, why is Kyler... Yeah. Seems to be so hit and miss. Well, it's like golf. It's like sometimes he shows up and he's you know ready to play, wants to play, and sometimes he doesn't. Like you mentioned in the beginning of the year, I think it was the the Panthers that was the second week too for them, and he just came out and laid an absolute egg. Okay, so Kyler's playing this weekend, oh, okay. so Chris Trafalski's out. Ah. Go get him, Bill. Cliff actually played for the Blue Bombers as well. Yeah, and the quarterback coach played for the Blue Bombers yeah. as well. So Chris hmm. Trafalski, Blue Bomber. Quarterback coach, Blue Bomber. 
Cliff Kingsbury, Blue Bomber. Wow. It was going to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Los Angeles Rams for a playoff spot in the NFC. That's great to know, too, because Kingsbury also was a Patriot, so it feels like Belichick likes the Blue Bombers. Let's bring in Strafelski and make him the starter. <laughs> Come on. That'd be another way not to have to pay anybody a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Which has been the Patriot way. Which is awesome. And if it's not him, maybe Minshew then. Let's take a phone call or two, shall we? Let's go to John down there in New Mexico, not to be confused. With old Mexico. Oh. Pat and the boys, what's up? Happy New Year from New Mexico. Hey, Happy New Year to you as well. I was I was thinking maybe New Mexico is so far away they've already had it happen. You know? uh, oh yeah, because the like there's a different direction. Yeah, yeah. they're this way mm-hmm. instead of that way. China That's what I think. it seems like, bro. You know, I always nobody I'm, ever talks about it. I'm pretty pumped about. No, I think Pete. What are you guys? Mountain time over there? Yeah, mountain time. Yeah, I've been to New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Me and Danny Amendola had a hell of a night in New Mexico. <laughs> Biker bar? Biker bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we had a hell of a night over there. Was in Albuquerque? Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Great golf course, too. They, they had like a very nice golf course out oh, there. Yeah. It was really nice. It's good retirement. Dry area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, my yeah. God, I got a nosebleed. Bloody nose. I got yeah. a nosebleed someplace. And uh, like, I was like, oh, no, my nose is bleeding. Everybody was like, oh, because the way I act, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, Mac for just did cocaine. And of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, no, can we just get some fucking moisture out of here? We get some This has never happened to me before. Humidifier, yeah, no, please. Feel that. No moisture. Yeah, first time, third time I do something is not going to be in New Mexico. Yeah. All right, let's oh, take it easy. Clowns. What do you want to talk about, dude? Uh, well, I want to start by saying I'm sorry about your friend, man. Um, Appreciate I'm in you. college, and I definitely have been like, I've been kind of just like looking forward to getting back to that like go 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 that you're talking about, and uh, you definitely gave me a lot to think about. So I appreciate that. Well, just just don't do but, the uh, just don't do the shit that'll get you. You know, like I don't ever want to be the person that's like associated with the guy that's like don't try things because yeah. I think there are some things that you have to experience because I think it changes your world. Now, if you don't want to, you don't want to. But if you're somebody that wants to try things, I think there's just some things out there that you just can't like we can't even get. You. Now, granted, there's some things that people get led into because of injuries and then pharma and then they get overprescribed and everything like that. And that's terrible as well. But there's just some shit can't have you do it. We've lost too many people. Me personally, yeah. the country, everybody too many people to the same goddamn thing it feels like and it's uh it's a problem it is a real problem so be smart over there john okay and stay out of the colombian bam bam in the in the bathroom because your nose will bleed already out there you don't need to be shoving anything into your brain that was a tough day walking around i bet Goddamn, 120 degrees over there and then at night oh cold icy cold it was like i walked into that biker bar i i remember it being warm both the people and the environment. <laughs> and then I walked out of that biker bar, and it was it was a cold night out there. Both the environment and the people. Well, I just tried to get on a guy's bike. <laughs> no big deal. He had the same bike as me. Yeah, just admiring it's it. It's a nice pony. He was right there, too. I was like, nice bike, man. He was like, oh, thanks. Really nice guy, beginning early, you know. And I was like, I have the same one. I was like, 16 hours, he's in his thing. He was like, yeah. I was like, that's cooking, yeah. And I just... Just, oh, just, fucking, just got on. How's he, the saddle? Grab me. What are you doing? I, was, <laughs> I don't know, actually. Danny's like, we don't know, man. I was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, yeah. And I was like, a little bit cold there at the end. I thought we had a good night in here. <laughs> yeah. And then it ended a little bit chilly. But I think all in all, not a bad night. You know what I mean? But that was 100% my fault. That could have been worse, That's though. New Mexico. You know? It's New Mexico. Yeah, That's on. what happened. <laughs> come on. Guy had a vest on, too. Oh, I, was, oh, I bet. <laughs> it was awesome. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> I should ordered. not have been doing what I was doing. <laughs> oh, man. Probably had some wine that night. <laughs> Probably had some wine. Slap in the bag. Slap the bag. Had a little bit of a deeper thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Breath and thought there. Oh, okay. I'm getting heartburn. Shout out to... Tw- Are you? Just a little bit. Just a little acting up today. Prilosec, I've heard. OTC. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. not. this is not an ad. They have not paid us. And I, I think Prilosec is actually one of those commercials where they talk about it and then they go... Uh, real quiet voice about all the things that could potentially bad happen mm-hmm. to you. And then it says at the end, yeah, but you'll be happy. And then it goes, I, I'm not 100% sure. Because this is my first trip into the, uh, the, is it called heartburn what I'm getting? Yeah, yeah. acid, acid reflux. reflux. Yeah. Same thing? Are those the same things? Those two, heartburn and acid heartburn reflux? heartburn is a condition of acid reflux. Okay, oh. so but this is the first time I've ever gotten it. It's been in the last couple of weeks. If you do recall, I was potentially in the best shape of my life just mm-hmm. not that long ago for the oh, War yeah. Games match. I was getting ready for war games. games. By the way, uh, if you could go to Twitter right now and say hashtag NXT award breakout and then space hashtag Pat McAfee. I'd appreciate it. They wrote me off TV. It'd be cool to win their awards. Though. Please. It'd be cool to win their awards. And by the way, that is, I guess that is a real life. Uh, yeah, that, I guess that is a real life. Um, like they count the tweets thing. Oh, oh really? Oh. Yeah. Twitter's my place. It's not fake. Okay, well Tw- then do the right thing. If you could please do the right thing. Yeah. Tweet hashtag <laughs> NXT award breakout and then hashtag Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. That'd be very nice. Uh, that would be hilarious. Let's get some awards. <laughs> Come on. That would be- I was in the best shape of my life though going into war games. Okay? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Best shape of my life. Felt, felt very good. Had a good spray tan too. It wasn't too dry. It was very good. And then remember immediately afterwards, because I got into such good shape, I was like, I'm going to go to town here and then we're going to start January. Well, actually, because first is Friday. Right. Or yeah. Saturday. So Friday. it's actually the third. third. We're probably going to start on the third because the weekend have to do it on a Monday. Let's yeah. go ahead and go out with style. But I started getting this feeling that there was a. Um, like a uh, caveman fire happening inside mm-hmm. of my body. It was waking me up at two, three o'clock because of how much I was eating. It was, it was getting uncomfortably fat. I had never experienced this before. You guys told me, yeah, I probably say this happened. Uh, Zito told me chug some Pepto Bismol down. <laughs> yeah. I powered through that. It is terrible. Yeah. It is a very terrible thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did eat pizza, I think like four days in a row. So that yeah, definitely yeah, was a big, it. you know, part of the problem. Yeah. But lava cakes. Well, is this with me forever now? Uh, no, no, nah. No. I mean, you just got to manage it. January 3rd, whenever I go back into diet. And, Changes in diet. Yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, I might get ripped up more than I've ever been with this Oculus boxing. Billy Tubes tried it last night. He was exhausted. He, <laughs> he fought the first. It is a full workout. Uh-huh. Hey, it is a full body. Work, and I know I've sold a lot of Oculuses, uh, I think, to a lot of people. You have? I'm about, I'm about, to, get, I'm about to get one. Seriously. Yeah. I've, I'm thinking I, about I, it. I've sold legitimately at least 15 because I've had former teammates and uh, you know f- friends of mine that don't live in Indianapolis send me DMs saying, oh, I bought one. It's backward to late January, backward thing. So I've, and Oculus has given us $0. I just want to <laughs> let everybody know that. that I've, it is just so fun. That workout, I think I might be in the best shape I've ever been in my entire life. My back is all my really? shoulders, Jeez. the the old traps. You know what I mean? I mean everything wow. is in there. And I, you know, normally when I get lifted, I want to put on. You know, sure. I, of course. I think this one's going to maybe rip me up a little oh, bit. Okay, I've never seen that me before. I could be introducing a whole new me in 2021 from the outside. You know, my uh, my Avi could be a little bit different in 2021 Ooh. with this Oculus. And I'm pretty pumped up about that. Tim McAfee, I think, is even thinking about getting it. Really? Ooh. Tim McAfee hates everything that Oculus would stand for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, he's old school in every fat. But he says, you should talk about how it's getting people in shape. If this is going to get you in shape, I think it's something you should do. I'm like, hey, it is getting me into absolute ripped shape. Why have heartburn then if I'm in, like, the best shape of my life? No. Probably not. Yeah. No. 
Okay, good. I think it depends more on what you eat too. Yeah. You know, if it's you still, if you go pizza, pizza, pizza three days in a row, you're probably going to be battling with a little heartburn. High, highly acidic that tomato sauce, man. It came out that LeBron James eats a dessert with every meal. Really? Yeah, came out like forget, a brownie. Or? I think it was Tristan Thompson, maybe that said it. It was. Uh, it, I saw oh. it on the internet. Gumpy, the guy who lives literally mm-hmm. on the internet. I don't even think Gumpy's a real human at this point. If it's on the internet, Gumpy has seen it. Who said it? I mean, you spend a million dollars on your uh, workouts, you, you can eat whatever you want. Well, that is exactly what he – so I think Tristan Thompson said that he had uh, – he has a dessert with every single – he'll eat uh, – he'll wake up, have uh, five French toast, a bunch of syrup on top of it. He'll have a dessert with that, and then he'll go and uh, put 50 points on everybody or dunk on everybody. <laughs> and a couple freak. bottles of wine, yeah. Oh, by the way, he was doing that for Weapon. one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, something to think about, by the way, if you're on that Golden State team up there that probably doesn't look like – now, granted, they hit a game winner last night. Probably not going to win it this year. Mm-hmm. Kind of maybe help for next year. Show up drinking wine to the arena, mm-hmm. and then in games, just let the ball just roll right past you out of bounds. Yeah. LeBron did that for one year in he LA. Did. And what happened the next year? They won a title. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to win a title, it feels like that's the way to go about doing it. But okay, I'm happy that I don't have to live with uh, acid reflux forever. Maybe yeah. start drinking wine. You know, I mean, that's good for heart health. True. I went on a little smack the bag run there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? A little bit different, I assume, than what LeBron Braun was drinking. <laughs> I don't know. is pretty up. It's top of the line stuff. Hey. You guys have seen me chug now at this point. Uh The world has. When Smack the Bag came out, it was a crowd pleaser. I can imagine. Hope we got another one of these. No, the next day still. Yeah, exactly. The (laughs) next day, though, Wine and I did not have a great relationship. Even whenever I was at the age where I didn't get hangovers, Mm -hmm. even at that age, Wine used to get me. And I've never been able to really do it since. That taste in your mouth will... Phil, our CFO is a full wino. At this oh, yeah. Big oh, time I, have, wino. I have turned as well. You're a wino now? I yeah. love wine now, too. Oh, whoa. Whoa. It's something that happens, by the way. It's so good. It's just such a good weeknight, you know, mood fixer, vibe. It's great. Yeah. I, see, I've heard the... Hop in the bath? So whenever I had... <laughs> no, nah, I don't know if you spank it. You spacking bags back no, there? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, the bath. Excuse me, not the bag. Oh, this guy doesn't know about smacking the bag. Well, he's, he's. I smacked the bag, but I'm not drinking one. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's going to taste the same forever. I'll yeah, drink but you're it, still but. at the age right now where you would not be there. What I'm saying is normally. Now, Foxy being, and this is a little early here, Foxy, yeah. but Foxy is a 90 year old man. <laughs> True. Though. You know what I mean? So I think we are at the. I'm at the generation the age where people are starting to become the wine drinkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're starting to get to that. And whenever I saw Phil do it, I was like, oh. Are we? I guess I'm at this stage too. We're here, and then I, I tried to give it a go. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, go ahead, that stinks. <laughs> Get that out of here. I'm gonna go hit this ball. You only know yeah. one speed though when it comes to the booze. Yeah, true. It is a go time. It's fun though. Hey, it Isn't is. The, it's it, the fastest speed in the world. By the way. It is. It's Not unbelievable. Everybody has a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Every single person. But boy, the next seven days are it's problems. It's good for me not to anymore i'll drink a beer every once in a while you know no i won't i don't really even do it because what are we doing here yeah mm-hmm. it, it is it is very interesting you know whenever you go for a long time mm-hmm. for instance yesterday i lost one of my best friends from college you know like a guy that we used to i rem- we rem- a lot of reminiscing last night about my time at west virginia yeah going through a lot of old photos with uh said friend and they're always in lit environments mm-hmm. you know what i mean so and it was great to relive great memories. And if you're out there and you haven't tried any of the drugs that potentially kill you if you get it done, please don't. It is a evil thing that is taking over a lot of people. I think if you're my age, 
you've had like last night I was talking to my one of my best friends from college as well, uh, old Reed, and we're at the point now where addiction has killed too many people at this point. Like we were trying to go back and remember all of our friends that have passed either from addiction, whether it's high school friends or college friends, or even in a professional life, addiction just kind of captivates people. And it's, there's some evil shit in there, you know, that are taking people over. And uh, if, if you have, just don't do it, man. It is. It, and I feel so bad for the people that are battling because it's their bodies. It's everything like that. My friend that passed away yesterday was a smart dude. He was, uh, my friend uh, Reed said it yesterday. He said, he wouldn't give you the shirt off of his back, okay? But he would jump into the pile to fight for the shirt that got stolen from him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, is the, that is the type of guy. And I think that was it. He had, he was so successful. He was smart. He, had, he was a lawyer at one point. He was damn near writing laws at one point. He was successful riding high. And then, you know, he just slipped and thought something wasn't it. And then he just got capped. It just took him, you know, and it was yesterday. I got a, I got a message basically that they found him, uh, you know, passed away. And it was one of those things where I think we all expected it to potentially happen. Mm-hmm. Even him, mm-hmm. by the way, like the conversations with him, he knew it and he just couldn't. He just couldn't get through it for whatever reason. And uh, yesterday was a pretty emotional night for me, you know. So I went through it all. And if you if you haven't, just don't do it. And if you're if you're alone or whatever, and you're looking for something, like there's a lot more people that love you than you could ever imagine. And uh, just something to remember. But going through those photos from back in the day, when everything was just like go go go, yeah. mm-hmm. it's hard to just sit there and drink a beer and be out at a place and be like, well, this could be a lot more fun, you know. Yeah, like there's yeah. the there's the thought that hey, this mm-hmm. entire evening could be a lot more fun. But I guess I'll just drink. Uh, I guess I'll just drink one Bud Light here. This is, there you go. Yeah, this I mean, is it's growing up. You know? Well, that, what what these sophisticated drunks do is they order wine. They switch yeah, to wine, and yeah. then they just start. They start just housing it. They, they they make things the bong wine. By the way, these rich yuppies oh, that yeah. do the wine, oh, yeah. they make things, and they're like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm a wino. <laughs> I, I take trips, and it's like no. You're bonging a, a malt liquor right now, right? Uh-huh. No, I am not. It is a thing that gets the air out of the bottle so we can dump it quick. Oh, so you're trying to bong wine right now. No, it's not bonging. Please. It is trying it faster. Helps your heart. Yeah, exactly. Please. They say you drink three, four, six bottles of this a day. <laughs> yeah. It'll help your body. Uh, all right, let's get to a break here early. Rest in peace, John Hardison. We love your brother. Um Yesterday was tough, dude. Mm. It is interesting though, because we are at a point where we're all we all know somebody that passed away from this thing, oh, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. It's like how do we stop it? Like how do we It's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing personal shit on a show like that, because I'm a dance monkey dance guy, but Hardy deserved it, dude. That guy and I, we had some hilarious memories together, he and I. First picture of us is us, and probably not a good sign now to think about it. We're sitting at a table. Uh, he played football at West Virginia first couple years, and then he retired. Nice. <laughs> because college, he said. Mm-hmm. Didn't play, but he was a practice squad guy and a legend. The first picture, maybe the first picture I was ever uploaded to my Facebook when people could tag photos to people. Which, by the way, for those that weren't alive during that, Game Changer ruined a lot of lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of lives, exactly. The wall was something mm-hmm. that changed everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Photos were getting tagged. You were where? What? No, that wasn't. Whoa. That's not me. Wait, how did that? Uh, Untagged. The first photo <laughs> is me and this guy sitting. Uh, I think it's a chicken bone. So shout out to that place for letting us in as 18-year-olds that did not look 21 at all. <laughs> 
but I was Jason McAfee. Shout out to Jason too. Boy, Jay. Jay, Jay. Jay. Shout out Jay getting me in there. And we're sitting in front of a table of I think 20 beers. <laughs> <laughs> Just us sitting there. There you go. Middle, middle of fall semester. I'm starting kicker for West Virginia. And it's just a, probably a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and there's just 20 beers in front of us. And won the game that weekend, too. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> the team I was on did. And to the fans, I apologize. I probably shouldn't have done that, but college, man. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show, allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. We have one more show before the New Year's. We will be back manana with a big lineup. Oh, loaded show tomorrow on New Year's Eve. Cannot wait to chat. Cannot wait to hopefully give you content that doesn't stink. Today might not have been the best show, but we appreciate you for listening and spending time with us. Ty, please play some independent music. Tomorrow we're giving away PS5s mm-hmm. from those who potentially entered and bought from our store. Tomorrow we'll probably have more giveaways for the New Year. We're going to have a big show tomorrow. It'll be a good show tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. Cheers.